All right, check it out. This is Beers, Beats and the Beers broadcasting live from the Shire Studios. You're tuned in fucking live with us, motherfuckers, and thank you very much for doing so because, uh, yeah, man, we are back for episode eight, week eight, and last week's episode, Gaz has, we got to recap that right quick because he just dropped the joint that he was talking about on that episode, Can't Fuck With Me, produced by Overproof Pete, and it's an, it's an amazing production, man. Like, fuck, the beat is sensational. Like, hear Gaz talk about that shit, man, because I actually had that beat prior to Gaz. But Gaz just, Gaz nails it, man. He killed that shit and fucking, it's an amazing joint, man. Go hit up his band camp forward slash uh, Gaz Hazard and check out Can't Fuck With Me. You can download that shit. You can cop that shit. But the episode was dope, man. It was raw as fuck. Gaz has got a great energy and I fuck with his movement. I stay fucking with the dude since the CRS days. He's been a friend for many years and a good friend, like a family friend, you know, beyond just fucking rap music and all that sort of shit. It, It goes deep and yeah, we appreciate his time and we appreciate yours for checking that episode. Yeah, and the shirt pre-orders are live, the Beers Beats and the Beers Tees. Uh, man, he's been hollering at us for these tees for fucking a minute, so it's good to be getting on top of them. Fucking white on black, Reelsy's logo, it's a fucking dope logo, man. I showed these joints to uh, Blex the other day, and he's like, man, that's all you fucking need. And I'm telling you, this is what you guys need. So get on to uh, shirecords.com.au and make your pre-orders now, man. They're live for another seven days. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend, because, man, we're doing this shit. And the response to the pre-orders has been fucking overwhelming so thanks to all you for getting in there and fucking getting amongst it and thanks to all yous that are about to too man because you need to get onto these joints so yeah get onto that shit and fucking you know once again this podcast man I mean fucking podcast swearcast whatever the fuck we really honestly don't even know what the fuck we're doing you know like we're just out here we're giving it a fucking shot and it's running on our own energy man like you know sometimes my fucking fuel tank is on zero now I'm not whinging I'm not complaining because I love this shit I fucks with this shit but but the reality of it is, man, we, you know, we need some support. So get onto these tees. It helps us out. It just, you know, might buy some fucking studio equipment, might save me fucking drink driving home one evening, <laughs> you know, some shit like that. But yeah, word to you guys. Thanks for fucking getting involved and, you know, being in the mix, supporting these tees. Yeah. Now on to episode eight, this week's episode, week eight. Man, and we are joined by Bias B. Now, we were joined by Bias via Skype. Um, so we apologize if the audio throws you a little bit initially, but fuck, man, me and Insidious sat down yesterday and we did the we did the edit on this one, and fuck, this was not unlike the catch episode in that we had fuck all editing to do. And after a minute or two, you kind of forget that you're listening via Skype, or, you know, we fucking forgot we were talking via Skype at a point, man. Like, you know, we're just sitting there fucking talking to this dude on the laptop, and Bias runs into another channel on the fucking mixer in the computer and all that that kind of shit and fucking boom there you have it and it was an honor to talk to this dude man like you know known bias for a minute he's obviously been down with my crew for a long fucking time you know and we touch on all that shit man we go back to wca we sort of kick it off there we talk all the wild child artists and you know the influence of certain members of that crew we go through the formula bias hosting that with Stewbacker back in the day the freestyles the fucking cassette we go into his time at obese records and you know he was there at the incarnation of obese when it was obese and he was there as it sort of moved into a prominent record label and a fucking powerhouse in the Australian music industry for what it's worth yeah we talk all that man we talk Melbourne we talk that Melbourne Brisbane connect again we talk Boney and Stoney we talk beeswax we talk in bed with bias we talk move on the pavement we talk burn crew we talk echo we talk Robert Hunter Cup we talk all that shit and so much fucking more man Biases. Bias is an incredible artist, been around for fucking decades, and he gives us that history, man. He broke it down for Beers Beats and the Biz, and it was a fucking 
honor, man. It was an honor sitting there for fucking two and a half hours with the dude. And we hope you enjoy the fuck out of this episode. Like we always say about this time, fucking like, share, subscribe, fucking do all that shit. Share us around. Thank you very much once again for your support. And man, without further ado, let's get into this shit. Bias B. The legend, the fucking, man, the Melbourne representative, Bias B. Welcome to Beers, Beats and the Biz, my friend. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being involved. And it is a fucking honour to have you involved, to, to have you via Skype. Oh, thanks for having me on. Nah, man. Nah, 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 oh, nah. It's, it's a, you're doing a good thing. Oh, dude. Yeah, we're trying. You know, we're just fucking yeah. over here doing the do, just doing something different, attempting to, you know, I suppose provide a new platform, you know, like just give voice to, you know, because, you know, like when dudes are doing shit, man, you only usually hear from them at album time. And obviously you just dropped a new record, but, you know, we want to get more into the history and everything because your new record is kind of like a, um, well, it's not a posthumous release, is it? But it's a, it's a throwback That's- to- you know, yeah, some of the sort joints. Of an old, yeah, 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 the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Old demos, old like you know the just the stuff you had sitting around for the most part. It was stuff that was recorded between other albums that never yeah. really got put on anything. Yeah, yeah. Some others like Doc Felix was going to bring his track out himself, and it didn't end up happening. So I took that back off him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just bits and pieces. Sometimes it was because I didn't like a backup on it because yep. it didn't sit right, or because. Yep. There's a punch in, and I can hear that it's different. So there's all these reasons they didn't end up on albums. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was yeah. to bring it out one day, and just yeah, just uh, the wife took a photo up the road, and it looked really <laughs> nice. Like, oh, let's you know, let's go with it. Now's the time. Yeah, definitely, dude. And it's, I mean, now is the time, man. And there's no sense having all that music just sit around on fucking computers forever. We're the same, you know. Like we just got ten, like just there's fucking tons of shit sitting out there that is good music, man. And you know, that's that's a proven, dude. Like it's a fucking great release. Oh, thanks. A lot of people want to hear that old stuff. You know, it's sad when people record a whole lot of stuff and they go, now that's from years ago and, you know, I'm not going to release it now. I've got new shit. And they just, all this stuff just disappears, which could have been classics, you know, and people just never got, just don't get it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, dude, definitely the fucking potential that some of those joints have. Yeah. You know, let's just take a trip back quickly, man. Fucking, I mean, how far, you know, I always sit there and go, well, fucking, how far do we go back? Whatever. But man, tell us, you know, like your graph days, your history, so much, you know, so much of what you've done is rooted in your graffiti and all that kind of thing. You're a member of WCA crew down in Melbourne, representing Hurstbridge, Greensboro to Eltham, (laughs) you know, that whole thing. Dude, tell us about that. Tell us about WCA. Tell us, you know, because fuck, legendary shit, legendary shit. Well, for me, the earliest days was like watching Break Breakdance when they came out on TV. Yeah, yeah. It was around that time that, uh, yeah, dudes around the neighbourhood were doing graph. Yep. And, you know, seeing little outlines and bits and pieces here and there. Yep. And, um, yeah, we started up this crew with dudes in the neighbourhood, OSA crew. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, Rhino and uh, Sick and Cruz, there, sort of dudes are still right today. And I yep. knew them from years ago. Steve-O, he was there, a few other dudes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we started doing some pieces as OSA and then there was a few, you know, things happened in the crew and that broke up. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's just hanging around. Just like uh, green, being in Greensboro was a wonderful place because it's where the – it's six stations from the end of the line. So and it's good. where it goes from double track to single line. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So 
you get on a Greensboro, the train from Eltham has like has to wait before the other one comes through. So you just get off that train, you get on the next one, yeah. you head. Yeah. And then yeah. the same thing happens at Eltham, it's a single track. So you just do these loops of two stations <laughs> yeah. over and over all day. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, it was just yeah. It was a great line, Hurst Ridge line. Yeah. Who, um, who fucking, like, who's, um, like, what were the names down on the Hurstbridge line, you know, sort of influencing you back in those days? The the earliest ones were, like, DK, MDA, okay. Wisp and Spy, Pudgy, yep. uh, Jewel and Pest. Like, Shit. you know, th- these dudes were, you know, dope dudes. And, you yeah, know, we yeah. had a one line. It was a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I guess from there it was, like, Duet and Sick and... Uh, yeah. Puzzle, you know, yeah. it was all sort of 87. We sort yeah. of, you know, everyone met around the time of the Greensboro Festival in 87. Yep, yep. Um, Greensboro Festival, because I actually just saw photos of that on your um, on your Instagram recently. What was yeah. that, just boards like at the local shops or? Yeah, was it was just about? like on the wall of Coles. It was just yep. at the top of the main street and they're like the youth workers, can't remember what their names were. If you ask some other dudes, you know, they were closer to it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just put up a bunch of boards. Yeah. And uh, Pudgy and Mags, they were like two of the, you know, king sort of our line yeah. that we loved. And, you know, they were prolific doing heaps of good pieces. And they were sort of, they, they did the main board and everyone got to do a piece if they wanted. Sick. Jammit was there. Yeah. Choicey. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a whole lot of good dudes and a lot of creativity. It was a beautiful time to be alive. Yeah, 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 definitely, dude, definitely. Yeah, that fucking era. But, man, WCA, Wild Child, you know, the Wild Child Artists, that was mm-hmm. you, Puzzle, fucking, what, how many members was WCA? And was that an extension of DMA okay. or was it just with WCA? Uh, no, it was totally, uh, what was that? An extension of DMA? Yeah, I just, were, were members of, nah. weren't members of WCA part of DMA as well? And well, sort of. Yeah, the USA was sort of, you know, when I started coming through, it was USA, KRU, they were like the okay. big crews you were hearing. Yep. And then DMA came through and WCA yep. was sort of, to me, it was always under that. Ah, but yeah. WCA came out and there were so many panels, not like I didn't do as many as other dudes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Puzz, etc. like, you know, Puzz was just, he, he just looked apart. Yes. You know, it started yeah. off as Duet, Zen and Puzz, they put the crew together. Yep, yep, yep. And that was probably about 80, I guess in 88. And yeah. sick, I think, you know, he was a part of the start of it. Um, I wasn't in it till later on, you know, I think it was 90. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, they, yeah, WCA, yeah, but to me it was always under DMA. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, yeah. Came and, like, even today I look at it and I think nothing matches it. Like, you know, it was yeah. just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking even, dude, yeah. even, even from Brisbane being my age, the impact of DMA crew and then WCA, you know, like, and, you know, I'm fucking, I don't want to leave names out, but, you know, um, JME, Denim, Reach, Hire, like, you know, who else was yeah. WCA? I mean, you know, we don't well, want to leave people out. that was sort of like the second generation of was it. That? They sort of yeah. came into the crew, I think, around sort of 93, 94. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they took it like, yeah, Puzz and Duet, Zen, Sick, uh, yes, Smack, yeah. Rubber, Crease. Yeah, uh, uh, tablet. He was in it for a little bit. Like that were the early days. That was before I was in it. And I was sort of an in between. NASA got. Oh, NASA was in oh, there NASA. too. Yeah, yeah. And NASA was the dude that got me into WCA crew. We just yeah. at a party and that. And he kept. I'd been bombing with him, you know, out in the line, a fair bit at that time. And um, yeah, he's like, you know, he should be in the crew. Blah blah blah. And just that night, yeah, sweet. Yeah, that was, that was it. Because you know, I always grew up around those dudes, but it wasn't someone to say I want to be in the crew, or I wasn't like yeah. some super top rider that someone's going to go, oh, you got to be down with us. You know, yeah, I was yeah. more just bombing. I was just, I was there. Doing just, your thing. You know, 
chilling. Yeah, I mean, fuck, dude. Like the like the puzzle panels, the puzz hell cars, and all that sort of shit, dude. To have you know, like, I mean, fuck. I obviously own King's Way, and I saw Hype Magazine as a kid, and all that sort of shit. But man, the shit you dudes were doing, like, you know, particularly, I mean, you know, particularly puzzle, but you know, beyond puzzle, WCA crew and you know RDC crew, like, you know, there's tons of crews that I've you know that resonated with me in Brisbane. But fuck, man, the puzz hell cars, like, just some of those cars, bro, in that era, you know, like fucking, I don't know. Can you speak on them? Can you speak on you know just the impact that were having at the time like did it ride with the hip-hop like was the hip-hop at the time like the music you were listening to was it just all sort of that level of creativity we're all into, we're all into the hip-hop i guess so yeah influenced the music the the, the graph in a way but it was just yeah it was just the whole scene just the energy in melbourne it was yeah. just it just blew up so fast and yeah everyone was so good yeah yeah fucking um yeah. but yeah puzz took it to a different level also i got to mention ac crew i didn't mention yeah. before like, yeah, you yeah. know ac crew were like a major bombing crew and dma were more like the, the art they talked about, you know, their yeah. pieces were so sick. They were still like, like bombing, et cetera. Yeah. But to, to us and to the people I grew up with, yeah. like I so like they were just Saipan, no Pronto, fuck, they were just destroying shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they were just they were just up everywhere. So then sort of WCA was came after that, you know, and you yeah. had like CCA crew and there was, you know, I guess CW, you know, a bunch of crews at the same time. But yeah. there's um, I remember, like, yeah, CW doing a battle with WCA, you know, and I made Puzz go out and just, you know, do three panels in one night, go on the cloud <laughs> and just like, do this one, turn to that one, you know, and they're just yeah. out there just, you know, just the dude was out of control. Fucking killing it. <laughs> and, and he lived near McLeod Yard, so you can actually see it from his balcony. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he just loved his graph. He was, like, seen to us. Yes, man. Yeah, fucking you know? A, dude. Fucking A, 100%, yeah. bro, 100%. And he stood out, this big, tall dude, and he had this buffy hairstyle, you know, yeah. and he was just like, it was just the puzz, you know. It was just perfect <laughs> for him. He always brought out different styles, you know. He didn't stick with the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just, yeah. Yeah, I remember. But, you know, as well as him, you know, Pronto, you know. Pronto yep. was doing dope shit. He had his own thing, Punch. Yep. Another person I didn't think of, you know. Yep. That dude's fucking, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, renowned artist now, you know. Doing oh, dude. Like, overseas, living in New York. He's great. Yes, man. I was looking at, you know, I looked at Kingsway again this morning, just, you know, just to refresh before this interview. And fuck, man. Like, just some of the walls that came out of Melbourne, the walls, the panels. It, it, like, it was, it, you know, it's still to this day is the hub of Australian style. Like, you want style, you go to Melbourne. Melbourne defines style, yeah. you know. Like, I can't take yeah. nothing from fucking every other city around the country everyone contributes but you know like brisbane's always you know in terms of hip-hop it's been kind of like melbourne's little brother in a way but fucking you know scrappy little brother i'll say but you know like fucking <laughs> melbourne fucking defined style around the country didn't they and you're a you know you are a fucking major element in that <clears throat> i suppose that transcending states you know that pushing it out there and shit like that and your crews you know like the crew you represented fucking all that kind of shit man like melbourne's like i call it like the new york the new york of australia in a way you know yeah, it's yeah that's what people used to say yeah yeah it's just, it was, it used to be the battles of sydney and shit and, yeah, you know, yeah sydney thought they won you know we thought we did everyone yeah. had the different style but to me you know even adelaide perth whatever there's there's certain writers you could put you know at the top yeah 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 Raw, you'd say just what came out of Melbourne, especially you know in those eighties and yeah. early nineties, was just incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fucking oath, dude. So, sort of moving through the years, when did you start? When did you start sort of moving from graph to putting pen to paper? Like, you know, in terms of writing lyrics, and it was early too, wasn't it? It was like early nineties or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was around even like eighty nine. I think oh, there was real? a dude who lived a couple of doors down. Mate. Like, I always listen to rap music. Yeah. And I used to sit there and just have my cassette. I'd always have a Walkman. I was always a dude with the music and just, you know, to yeah. tape side to side until I learn every word, you know. Yep. Yep. I used to love that shit. 
and also used to do like covers of songs that make up, I know words so well that I make up stupid words, you know, I'd always hear about <laughs> poo or some, yeah, yeah, something yeah. stupid, you know. Yeah. Um, so that sort of combined around the time, there's a dude who lived here yeah, a couple of doors down, Marty Pribble, and he wrote a rap. Yeah. And he's with him like, oh, that's Marty Pribble. Like or some shit, you know, it was just some gangster stuff. <laughs> and it was like, oh, that sounds all right. I'll write one. You yeah, know, and I started yeah. and I actually started writing covers of songs. For real. Yeah. Yeah. Around this time, we're chilling with BSK crew. Yeah. Like the bong sucking king. (laughs) 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 It actually started with buy sick and it was us combined BSK. We thought we'd just bomb it, but it became a crew. (laughs) So we became the bong sucking kings, which is Stumpy and Jardy and everyone. We used to hang out at Maruka Park in Eltham. That was our spot. Yep, yep. And everyone, you know, passing around the pipe, you know, everyone chucking on the mix, et cetera. You know, you know the story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, dudes would be, oh, mate. You know, do 100 cones of bonging again. Like I was running 100 cones of bonging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Derek, Derek B, bad young brother, bad young mullet, this dude Jardy made up one to it. And it's like, oh, I've got a verse as well, you know, I'll put some shit together. Yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah. started me wanting to do it. And then, then I guess dudes just started saying, well, why don't you do your own raps, yeah, you know? Yeah. Stop doing these, these covers, they're cool and that, but yeah. do your own shit. So yeah. I just, you know, started, you know, I was, you know, as you know, you start off whack and yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. You know, yeah. learn as you go and pay attention to the craft and yeah. just, I guess, branched out from there. The first time I got on stage was at a place in Northcote. It was called the Sunset Club, yeah. which uh, had something to do with Joey Fakery, a dude down in uh, Eltham. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Reason and some other dudes are rapping on the mic and yeah, this yeah. dude, WCA, he just like, Dudes are just doing their shit. He just grabbed the mic, goes, the bias has turned to rap. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, we were in this place. Like, we, we rolled with you know, heaps of crew like BSK yeah. and they were some serious dudes, you know. They might yeah. be on the pies. That's just so they could calm down for a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, even the Bogans didn't want to mess with them at Alpha, yeah. you know. It was yeah, like, yeah. stumping, stay away, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I just got on the mic and did some raps and then I think it was Ransom or Reason yeah. came over and the guy, you know, you sound all right, you should sound a bit more Australian, you know, be more like yourself. Yeah. I was like, all right, because all my mates were shouting anyway, you know, it didn't matter what I said, they're just going to cheer me on. For sure. You know, that was a little bit of inspiration to, you know, start start rapping and I yeah. guess they were the moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, fucking Reason's been at it forever, hasn't he? Was that Intense Was that uh, intense Quality Days or? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 definitely. So where did it sort of go from there? Like fucking when did you start working at it legitimately? And then yeah. at, at what point did the formula sort of come about? Like did was that an extension of – I know that might be jumping. Before that, hang on, I'll go back. We'll go to the formula yeah. in a sec. Yeah. Yeah. A dude who owns uh, Strictly BMX, Big Daddy Ulls. Mm. I met him through this. I do up, do, do, I grew up this guy Crispin, DJ yep. Chris. Yeah, yep. And so I started rapping on beats with him in the, in, in the bedroom, you know. And, and uh, he said, oh, I've met these other dudes. It was Juicy G, JP, and Big Daddy Ulls. <laughs> so they came around and we had like a rap session, just put on beats, and we just busted verses. We knew, did some freestyles and that. And it was just like, you know, this shit's sick, you know, yeah. it's going really good. And then it was uh, like uh, Brennell 4. Chad and Spencer, yep. like I'm not sure, you know, dudes from back in the day. Yep. Um, yeah, and that was like, you know, I started listening to these cassettes going, this might be going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And it was around the time Big Bamboo was a big thing. Yep, I've heard about the Big Bamboo. So the it, was, big it, was, bamboo. it was a club every Sunday night, yep. which was a uh, back part of the city on Franklin Street. And we were just, you know, it was like just turning 18 or 17-year-old kids. And yeah, there was this yeah. dude, Charles Lloyd, he ran the joint. Yeah. And it was just open mic. you just come and rap. Yeah. And anyone, uh, that's where I met Brad Stroud, I met Tram, I met Scalper, I met 
Deadly, you know, yeah. DJ XL, all these people, like this was a spot. And everyone yeah. came every Sunday. And you wouldn't go, you just stay up till the sun came up, just hang around the city and get yeah. the first train back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, me and me and uh, Rod, uh, me and uh, Sick used to always, you know, he'd clearly live just up the street from me, so he'd come out every week with me. Yeah. Uh, I remember Tilter, he'd be out there a bit. What um, years was this? That was 93, 94. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Raph Boogie was on the mic, yeah. RKS crew. Um, yeah, Chrissy had come in and DJ, and it was the Ooze that actually took me to this joint. Yeah, and he's like, You know, you should come out with this, this um open mic competition, you've got to come and do these raps. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, all right, so he got up and he's got a bit of American sound to him, you know, but that's just it's sort of like his voice anyway. But you know, yeah. this is like where it's starting to go, you'll be you know, more like you know, more Aussie, whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. they want to just being yourself, yeah. But um, yeah, so we had this rap competition. And I think uh, uh, Raf won it. He won. And then people were coming up to me afterwards going, oh, man, you know, you should have won that. That was your shit. You know, yeah. you did really well on it. I was like, oh, sick. You know, <laughs> it was just, that was the spark that made me go, man, yeah. I'm going to rap. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. you know, yeah. people are telling me. I've got this feeling. It's of a validation. For it. Definitely. So, yeah, we just every week we just go back there and drink. So I think I shut down, you know, undercover cops started coming and, you know, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, carry on was going on there. But, yeah. you know, that, that, that was a very – it was just the right time and the right place right then. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. Around 94 for you know for you to have Trem now and for you to have you know Brad Strutt and yeah. Bob Balance whatever you know that was all at the same time. That's when it, you know it was really popping off. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the scene. That was that. That's where it was all sort of congregating at that time. What about step into the AM? I mean, obviously, you know, I don't want to jump jump into the formula soon, but you know, step into the AM. That was sort of harboring the scene down there as well, wasn't it? With DJ Chrissy. Yeah, well, and- yeah. Chrissy was on the radio. She she, yep. she took over after DJ C. He had okay. another show that was. On PBS, and yeah. he left for some reason. Christy took over. So yeah, she was killing it in there. She was. Yeah. That became a very important time. Yeah. Uh, you know, packed Diesel and Reason up in there, yeah, and yeah. you know, that sort of that was sort of pre before me. It was sort of I was. I feel like I'm sort of second generation. Okay. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who was DJ? Who was DJing at the Big Bamboo for all you guys back then? Like, who was on the decks? Uh, XL was on the decks. Yeah. Uh, DJ Sewers. I can visualise. I'm sure yeah. DJ FX, he was definitely there. Yeah, yeah, he would yeah. have you know, a bit of a go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, can't, I think that was, that was mainly it. Yeah, 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 I yeah. I think off the top of my head, I'm sure there's other dudes we disappointed didn't mention their names, but that's what's because I looked at photos oh. recently that was coming to mind. Yeah, bro, exactly. And how much can you fucking remember, like, all the fucking things that were going on in those years? Like, you know, I mean, they're just fucking creative years. It's just fucking, it's all just happening. But how did things for you move towards radio? Because you did, uh, you know, you did a stint with Stu yeah. Backer on radio. Yeah, well, uh... Was that a natural oh, progression of emceeing in a way? Like, what was that? Was that kind of like a natural progression, you know, from the emceeing in a way? You know, like, well, yeah, no. Well, the story goes like this: so I had a, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, yeah. who did wrong by me, mm-hmm. and I went fuck all my mates. I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing this shit, you know, properly. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I went radio on Chrissy's show, and it actually had, I had a colonoscopy. I think it was like two days before. Fuck, you did. It's, yeah, because I had some stomach thing going on, right? Oh, so I had a colonoscopy, and I'm like, I'm going to rip this dude apart. I'm going to get on the mic. Yeah, and they yeah. thought I was, everyone thinks I want some gear. <laughs> you know, but, you got, yeah. but it's actually, I was fucked up. And yeah. I went in, yeah, and I, and, I, and I dissed this dude on the mic, and that had yeah. a rap, and that sounded really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and thought, oh, you know, I'll go back in. And it was around the time, it was one of Chrissy's last shows, I think. Yep, yep. And then Stubacker had taken over, and I, was, I didn't know who the dude was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's explained to me, no, you know him, you know him. Yeah. And then so I finally go into the radio. She, you know, said I should come in, and I went in, and uh, 
he was a dude that I'd, I'd met at Stumpy's party back in like 91. I was like <laughs> running or in the garage and like there's about an inch of water in this garage. It's just me dancing the Dr. Dre's album. <laughs> Yeah. Just me and him go, whoop, whoop. We're to look like complete clowns, but, you yeah. know, we had a real good night. Yeah, the funny yeah. thing is, that, I walk in and it's like, it's that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's straight up. in. He's like, can you answer the phones for me? I'm just like, all right. Shout out, shout out to this, shout out yeah. to that. Yeah, shout out, shout out, shout out. And the show, he goes, can you come in next week? I need someone to do the phones for me. <laughs> For real. That was that it. Was that, idea. That's where it started. That's how it happened. So he's he, like so Stubacker overlapped it. He he was um was he there was it was he there at the tail end of Step into the AM? Was he just working around the studio? Was he in three PBS or well, I think he was working he's always someone who works around the studios. He yeah. always like knows lots of PA he's very friendly character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah. yeah, so he yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I think he applied for it. He'd done maybe a, a few. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure there because yeah, I know yeah. he's involved with the radio afterwards. Definitely at that point. Yeah, he, yeah. he even worked for PBS for a bit. He worked for Triple R for a bit as well. You know, he, okay. He's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even like fuck. I mean, just the the impact you guys had with the formula, and you know, obviously the formula tape. You know that came afterwards. The the hip hop you were playing in that era, the instrumentals that everyone was rapping on on that cassette. Like to me, it's just fucking. It's just beautiful. Like you know, I, I, you know, I haven't heard too many episodes of your show. Like for us, it was fat tape up here and whatever. But I imagine the formula and what you guys were doing down, like just the impact it had and the impact it had beyond Melbourne. You know, like you were doing fucking great things. Like how how long were you doing it for? And, and encouraging all those MCs through. Sorry. It was about five or six years, I reckon, that we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Stewie got me on board and, you know, do started, you know, it's when, the, I guess, around the time Beeswax was coming out. Yes, so, you yes. know, it was, uh, so it was good for me in the promotion thing. You know, I started working on Obese probably not long after as well. So that was yep. all, all the same time. But yep. the formula, uh was just yeah, call up, kind of come in and rap. Yeah, come. It was, it was like the thing. Like, you know, you had to go and be heard on the radio. And some dudes yeah. coming up we'd never heard of before, never heard of since. Yeah. They just, you know, we made it, you know, just thinking. And we didn't realise it was such a big thing to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just being Stewie, hanging out, having some drinks together and, yeah. like, playing some records. Yeah. And yeah. we didn't realise the impact we were having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, we just get up and, yeah, like, everyone was coming in. It was everyone meeting each other, just dudes rocking up with slabs. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah it's just the party's over here. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. But it produced some fucking classic sort of freestyles and one of them, one of them in particular to me, you're wrong, gaseous forms. Like, did that, that went up on, even on beeswax, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was the fucking, what was the origins of that? Who's fucking, that's you and Balance, but who's beatboxing? Yeah. We, we were, they, they always came up into our PBS, mm. the formula, like the, the, they were called the formulators at the time. Yeah, that's right, him and Rob Nat. Which is weird because Stu, Stu called the, the, the show The Formula and yeah. they were called The Formulators and it sort of it was a bit too close to their name. I wouldn't have done it myself, but yeah. that was Stu's thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were up there anyway. It was probably, we'd done some other raps that night. Yeah. Um, or they would have, you know, it got to the point I wasn't rapping as much. I was just doing the phones, helping Stu and coordinating all the people. Yeah. And me and Bob just said to me something about, you know, we'll do a rap. And I was like, oh, I did this one about farts the other day. He goes, yeah, i got one about farts, you know. All right, let's do it. <laughs> you do the first verse, you do the second, you know. And yeah. Rob Natural, beatbox. Yeah. And, yeah, and then Stewie just starts yelling out shit in the background. Oh, was that Rob Nat on the beatbox? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, 
Yeah, so I just did my verse and I just like, you know, balance, I'll just tap you in when it's coming on the four bars, you know, just tapping in with my arm and yeah, yeah. it comes in and, yeah, everything just, it came out, just, they call me balance, but I mustn't have a bit, just the way he got it. Trying to take a Bradley Pippet and say, oh, dude, yeah, man, the whole fucking, the shit's a fucking classic. It was just classic. spontaneous, it just, just came together. Yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, that's how the fucking, I suppose that's how some of the best shit does come together. But fuck, I mean, just even some of the freestyles, one of the ones that stands out to me is the, um, I think it's on a dilated beat even. And it's um, Trem, Lazy, I think yourself. And Trem kicks the verse off, um, you know, one, sun, one sunny summer Saturday at Parambol, just kicking with, yeah, kicking with a six or a lick, a few pels, perving on moles, like that shit. Like, man, to me, the, it, was just, it just painted a picture, man. But you guys across that tape painted a picture. It was fucking Melbourne with that fucking – was there anyone else, B? That's what I can't remember. Like, you know, I don't have I don't have my cassette anymore. My cassette's fucking long gone. It was Brisbane with that hint of Melbourne, thanks to Lazy Lenny and, you know, that yeah, contribution. Yeah. Who else came through in, during those years from other states? Um, on the tape, we had uh, was it uh, what do you call it? Metabase and Breath. Oh fuck, Morganics, they were too. Organics was on there. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, had, I think it was Rapid Curo, so he yeah. sort of did the Adelaide part of it from memory. That's it, man. Because I do remember I, I was always positive Curo was on it. Yep, definitely. Yeah, there was a. Uh, Jeff C. He was oh, a, a dope skater. He uh, yeah he. He was up on there. Pack Diesel. Nilvoid might have had a rap. I can't yeah. think right now. It's not in front of me. I'm looking around for clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, had Lazy on a few. Name on there, definitely. Yeah, that was, yeah. Well, everyone was like, you know, also at the time I was organising heaps of shows and gigs and launches and fucking yeah. just doing shit. So everyone's coming from interstate. So it's just, yeah, come up on the radio. That's what you do, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Susie yeah. in town. Who did you pass it off to? When you left, or well, did, I, did you just close radio, it down? I bailed. I, yeah. I, I, after a while, it got like it was. It wasn't the enjoyment of just doing the radio. It was coordinating people, and constantly on the phone, and some people yeah. getting upset about things. And yeah. it was just like, oh, oh, I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. driving there every night, whatever you know, and the yeah, party it's afterwards. Yeah, dude, know, it's a massive. Like, give it a break. It's a massive fucking investment, man. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking a. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and then so uh, – But it was like project – it's like what Catch was talking about the other week about project management, you know, like you're doing so many different things at that point in time. It's like, fuck, you know, beyond the project management, you're trying to manage people's egos, people's feelings, you know, everything. Oh, yeah, like, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fucking insane, man. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Definitely. And at that time, that's the time you work, started working on beeswax. Were you working beeswax prior? Like what was the – I don't know the, the actual – what, beeswax is 98? Uh, yeah, May 7th, 98, it came out. May 7th, 1998, yeah. A fucking a yeah. masterpiece, man. A masterpiece of the period. A fucking, just an influence, beyond an influence on fucking everyone. I think it, you know, like we are talking about the the definition of style, like you fucking, you laid the foundations for so much, man. Like that era, just that period, 98 on. But you were on the radio while working on Beeswax? Yeah, yeah. it was around the same, it was, yeah, it was around that time I first went in when, I had the breakup with the girlfriend thing yep. that I started, you know, going to see DJ XL. Yes. So I started going up there once a week or once every two weeks whenever he'd get me in and just start making tracks there. Yeah. So, yeah, around that exact, yeah, it would have been, yeah, 98, 97. Yeah, and you hooked up with – In the 97, I think. Even, even early 97 might have been that I hooked up with Stu. Yeah. Around yeah. that time. Somewhere. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. Well, how'd you fucking – who produces most of Beeswax, Jace? 
Um, half is XL. Half is XL. And half is Jace. Yeah, okay. So how'd you form that relationship with Jace? Is that just another relationship that goes back? Well, with both X, well, you know, you uh, sort of, well, you've sort of explained XL, but, you know, with Jace, RDC. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, well, I did the stuff with XL and he shut up studio. Yeah. And he's like, you can calm all your shits on a DAT tape, come and get it. Yeah. So I, I took the DAT tape. Some stuff was just an acapella. I didn't have the beat. Mm-hmm. Some, like, you know, uh, there was just bits and pieces. So I took what I could off that. Yeah. And you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. And at the time, I did a, uh, it was a knee scheme through the dogs. I was on the dole, mm. uh, getting some free money there for a little bit while yeah, being yeah. creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and I, I did this, uh, the knee scheme, and they gave, they, uh, it was a seven week business course, mm. which is really good. It was just yeah. down in Richmond. And then uh, I got a grant, uh, $2,700. Fuck, sick. So my whole – I did this business course and I had to release this CD within time and get it done. And that's Shit. what beeswax. But I was only halfway. It was the XL point there. Yeah. And then it was like Prowler was always a prominent person who was doing stuff. He had the cassette tapes out and, yeah. you know, he's always been the dude. That, you know, he's in the background but always in the forefront. You know, yes. He's, just, he's always there. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm working out where I was going with that one. No, 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 no. Like working with Jace, RDC, uh, Rock yeah, the City. Yeah, it's a Prowler. So, yeah, it's everyone like, oh, I went to see Prowler Beast. And he's like, oh, well, Jace, mate, Jace is making the beats. Yeah. And I had met Jace before that, I don't think. I may have met him somewhere, but it wasn't like, you know, an, an old buddy type of thing. No. We just, you know, he's a dude you can't not like. He's just so friendly. And, you know, yeah. even from the first time you see his smile, he's just like, you know, it's Jace. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and he's like, uh, yeah, well, I've got, you know, got a few beats and that, but I'm working on Trem stuff and I'm working on uh, the Formulator stuff and I don't really have time right now, you know. Yeah. I'm just like, well, I've got this thing and I, you know, I've got to get it done, whatever. And he goes, all right, well, I'll give you a tape and see what you can do. And I just already had some raps I just need some beats for and just that was like Back to Nature, uh, Back in 88 Part 2. Yes. Uh, the Rainy Days beat. Oh, the Rainy Days. With- Fuck, Rainy Days. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Dude, what? Yeah, another one. But yeah, yeah. But the story goes with that that, uh, yeah, the knee scheme thing shut down. They said you got two weeks to do it. Fuck. And I just thought, we just got to cram. We've got to get it done, whatever. Prowler mastered it. Bang, it was done. Got the money and yeah. that was beastbacks. Oh, bro. And fuck, man, the songs, like, dude, you just said it. Rainy days, man. Rainy days are my faves. A hailstorm. And, you know, like, like Melways. Like, fuck, dude. Like, Man, the joints you did, like, fuck, what were you thinking when you heard that beat, man? Did that beat just say rainy days? Like, you know, did that beat dictate that shit? Like, was that with Strutter? Well, it already, Who's on it that? already had the female vocal in there. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So we're just like, we just write about it, and I thought, I, you know, I was going to get Strut on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might have mean Shazlik I was going to get first. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so, so and Strut and Shazlik were living together. Yes, yep. So I just had the you know, the two verses, whatever, and then I think I was just going to get one of them, and then we ended up two. That's why there's four verses and there's extra one at the end. I probably should have cut one of them, but you know, why? Why? Sat around and wrote them. We uh, yeah did them at uh, let me think. We did it at Prowler's house when he was living in uh, Westgarth, just near so, the train line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. yeah, we recorded those. We recorded that and Back to Nature. They came through. Bailed Reason came through. Did Back to Nature with Neil Voids. He yep. talked on the front of the thing. They were hanging out or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was all. It was a pretty productive day. That one. Oh, just yeah. holding it. We're just into it like an SM58. Just for real. Just, well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's how it was done, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. The, the difference with the XL though was, uh, it's the only person still that I've just sat in a studio with, make beats with, mm. and then put raps to them. 
Yeah. Normally, you give me a beat, I write some rap to it, or yep. I've got a rap, I'll find a beat that suits. But yep. I just, you just say, oh, you know, do some raps, or, you know, what the, what sort of beat do you want? And yep. then you just you'd make a beat, and I'd just work out one of my raps that's going to suit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what sort of studios were they using? Like, it was just mad home studios, like fucking, you Excel know. had a really nice setup. I'm not like a tech dude, and I don't really know all the shit that's going on, Fuck. but Excel, you know, he was on top of the game. You know, he had yep. a little booth, the glass, and everything, you know, it was yep. good. Fuck, dude. Yeah, because I even seen, um, I think DJ FX recently was in his studio, like on Instagram. He did this live, <coughs> this live little fucking whatever, you know, like fucking little video footage on Instagram and fucking Excel studio, man, like looked amazing now, you know, like I imagine it was no different at that point in time. He would have been up on his shit then, you know, to have a studio that looked like this now. Just looked like a cozy little space, but fucking just the walls lined with, you know, rack mount keyboards and, you know, the NPCs and shit like that. It looked fucking incredible. Yeah. Just doing his thing, but well, you know, smaller back then, but you know, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. But, yeah, but like J- Jason Prowl was more just just in a bedroom. Yeah, just like in the middle of the room. Maybe might be some cushions around. You know, did the sound. You know, they knew what they were doing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was it yeah. was was it later on when Prowl's didn't Prowl set up like a nice studio? Enough said studios. Yeah, that was thing? later on. That was the uh, was it the mahogany room. Oh, that's right, the mahogany room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Well, you know, around that same time, your relationship with Obese Bias, like you were working there, you know, you were, mm-hmm. I suppose, an early, you know, like one of the early fucking things that brought you to that store, you know, like, man, I know when the first time I went to Melbourne, it was like bias work there, Brad work there, you know, like you'd go to fucking, you'd go to Obese. What were those years, man, those formative years with Obese Records, you know, setting up that shop fucking and getting it off the ground? Well, it started as Obese Records, okay. which was Ollie Bobbitt. He yep. was a dude from WCA crew, I didn't mention earlier. <laughs> yep. I used to write about, like, Luther, Lex, uh, Shame had a few tags going on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he started it, and then Shazlik got involved. Yep. And then I think Shaz bought him out, or Ollie was leaving, or something, so it became Shaz's shop. Yeah. And Shaz always grew up with Brad; they were best mates. Yeah. So, you know, instantly it was a Shaz and a Brad thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was OBs for a while, and Lethal Lee was working there too. Yeah. Just another dude, you know. Yeah. And, and he was doing radio too, wasn't he? Lethal Lee, like just a few years back, he was doing. Um, wasn't he fucking with uh, Sheriff Roscoe on that? Is that Lethal oh. Lee? Nah, nah, that's uh, Lee Lee Rawls. Oh it? fuck, sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah, nah, different my one. Bad. Nah. Yeah, my bad. Um, he was in that photo if you look on Instagram. That yeah. one uh, standing out the front of the shop, blonde dude. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah that was us at the time. Uh, so I was, yeah, hanging around heaps and I was selling bees, wax CDs and that. And, so, and Strut was like, mate, if you get your hair cut and put some plastic clothes on, you can have a job. Can I pinch my eyes? So I was like, all right. So that was around, maybe around the time 2000 was coming around, around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, actually, it was in uh, 99 when my hair got cut. <laughs> it, was. it was about, it was, it was in August. In August 99. 99. Yeah. <laughs> and it couldn't have come soon enough, mate. <laughs> well, if I had real friends, someone would have held me down and shaved my head yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, way sooner. <laughs> All of a sudden, girls start looking at you and, like, you know, life's just a lot better, you yeah, know. You don't have right. this fucking hair hanging around. It was a beautiful thing. Oh, but as was the fashion at the time, B. So, you know, like, everyone was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, know yeah, I, so I, you... I never kept it that sharp, you know, but no. I had, like, wavy hair. It was, it was tough to deal with. Yeah, fucking I believe it, bro. <laughs> But, I have it here. But, you know, you fucking, yeah, you started working at Obese. Uh, yep. So, yeah, got a job there. Uh, yeah, just it was, it was. Just a retail store, stock of music. Of my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, you, you could have had like a sitcom about it. 
Yes. Who might walk through that door on this day and what might happen and what jokes or what dude might rap at you or some yeah. dude might try and rack shit or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. some junkie dude might come in and try and start some shit or you, just, you never know. You know? It's you, like working at Crush City, bro. Anybody, <laughs> For anybody real. from any state or any country yeah. might just, you know, yeah. Charlie Tuney just walks in the door and, oh, here you go, and, you know, I'll get some photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. Didn't fucking D12 walk through there one day? And they bought all the Australian hip hop and shit. Yeah, yeah, they went in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, fucking working retail during that period, man. Yeah, <laughs> being on the front line, B. You know, like yeah. you're on the front line. It was crazy back then. Like they order yeah. records, you get forty big puns. Yeah, forty, you know, or whatever came out the new shit, and you'd sell them easy. Yeah, fuck. and we just you'd have the counter, and then behind the counter, there's just boxes we're tripping over the whole time. There's just so many records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dudes, it was a place to be, you know, and everyone came. And even at Christmas time, man, you'd have like fucking 20, 30 people in that shop. Yes, yeah. It's just, it wasn't a big shop. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know when we, the first time I came to Melbourne in 2002 with Oath, or like the first time I came for rap music, it was like we caught the bus to fucking, well, you know, we caught the bus from the airport into town and then caught the train to Obese, you know, like that's, and we sat there all fucking day drinking just out the front, man, like, and bumped into people, you know, like that's what it was. And I think you came through and I think Brad was working that day maybe, but yeah, I can't remember. But, yeah, I remember you coming through and, like, fucking, I think Dorps and that, you know, they popped through and it was like, you know, yeah, I didn't yeah. know them, but they knew Oath, you know, so it was sort of like, yeah. oh, word, you know. Like, just, yeah, the people that were rolling through that store. But, you know, as the years progressed, the label turned into a, a record. I mean, the fucking shop, you know, became a record label, didn't it? You yeah. had a release on Obese, you know, we'll get to that in time. But yeah. the progression of that store, man, like from selling music to essentially creating it and putting it out. Well, it was uh, Shaz and Brad wanting to get the label popping off. Yep. So I think the first one was Reason Solid. It was, yes. It was the first CD that came out. Yep. Produced yep. by Joel's. Yep. Um, after that might have been a, a Culture of Kings or uh, yep. I know Matty B was in the early days too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Shaz just popping off the label and it was just the right time that it was all yeah. – all happening. Yeah, man. No, it yeah, it must have been the first Culture of Kings, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Because it was a fucking yeah. hotbed, wasn't it? Like, you know, there was just so much, like, you know, just those early releases, the first reason, the Culture of Kings, Matty B, um, then yeah. Struts Authentic. Was that OB's? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that might have been, that was one of the first ones, but he had it as number 010. He didn't. Really? He wanted a number that wasn't one of the first. For some reason, he I think <laughs> I might have been ten. No, no, I understand now. I was probably for ten that passed away. And yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have respect, and uh, yeah, uh, I get it now. Yeah. Just, uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know, you just got to fucking talk it out sometimes. It's like, oh, there it is. That's it. <laughs> you know, therein lies the um. Yeah, therein lies the answer. But you know, like fucking. But, dude, I mean, around that time you started forging, um, you know, relationship like strong relationships in Brisbane. You know, Lazy, yeah. Lenny, Odie, you know, even earlier, I suppose, back to that, does that, those relationships date back to the 90s, but they started, those relationships started producing music, you know, it came to um, Boney and Stoney and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But, man, talk to us about the relationships you formed with Brisbane and, you know, pre-Boney and Stoney leading up to that. Well, it started with I met Lazy probably around ninety five, ninety six. Okay. Used to hang out with Rich and Dan and in, in the bungalow out the back there. And I remember Lazy came through with Odie and Hams, I think it was. And you no, know, they're like, I oh, yeah, have a bit of a rap. Yeah, you know, we did a little rap thing recorded on the cassette. You know, yeah. Lazy just killed it from the stars. Just like fuck, this dude's good. Yep, yep. I thought I've got to do better. Yeah, you know, it was inspiring. Just like I've got to be better than him. You know, he's yep. like, oh, he's really good. I thought I was all right. <laughs> Not that I ever thought I was like the best shit going, but you know, he's like, he's something to, to want to be. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
And then I think after Beeswax came out, it was 98, it was Eka Holiday in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And Sabre and Daddy Dupe brought us up That's for a right. show at the Chelsea, it was called. Yep. Don't know what it's called now, but it's that same. It's Oh, the Chelsea fucking, I, don't, I can't even fucking think. But yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah. launch Beeswax. Uh, was it a Hustlers convention? Uh, yeah, it was. It was called Hustlers Convention. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. There was yeah. one and two because I did another one as well, but I okay. think it was the first one. Yeah, sick. So sick. Strap was meant to come. He was on the flyer, but he had a deb that he had to do with some girl. Mm. So he said, no, I can't do it. I'm pulling out. I'm doing the deb. So right. I said to Jace, can you come with me and do backups to that? And he goes, yeah, like I've got raps too if you want. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Like yeah, I didn't know Jace could rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does his verses, and I'm going, fuck, these sound better than mine too. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. is a dude. He doesn't rap. Yeah. Dude, dude could be one of the best rappers yeah, out he can there. Rap. Like, good voice, good charisma, everything. He's, he's, he's got it going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we went out there, and then I got you know, after the show, Odie, uh, I think it was Odie, Hams, Lenny, and Lazy were all there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was by the bar, how you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, talking to him and it was just like instant, you know, family, you know, crew, whatever, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, I was sort of out in Ipswich with Sabre and they were taking us to do, we've got to go this and we're going here to piece this and yeah, we're yeah. seeing this dude. Yeah. And then got a day to go hang out with Lazy and Hams and that was real cool. And uh, yeah. I said to Lazy, I want to do my second album and I want to do some beats on that. So yeah. I, I came to Brisbane to stay at his dump for three, for three weeks. Fuck. The idea changed to why don't you, me, and Lenny like do a thing together? We'll just do like a few tracks and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it became Boney Stoney instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how that, that developed, you know. And I was I crashed on the floor in El Jester for uh, three weeks and met a bunch of people. It was the best best three weeks of my life, I reckon. Yeah, fucking a dude, and fucking Boney and Stoney, man, the fucking you know the masterpiece, man. Like in my, you know, I mean, fuck, your name's synonymous with masterpieces, but. Boney and Stoney, dude, it was just, it was fucking formidable. It was fucking, it was everything, man. You know, we're talking with Catch about breaking records in clubs. I remember I used to go to the club when I turned 18 and just beg this motherfucker, DJ Eyes or One. I can't remember. He used to write for a fucking street press magazine up here, but to play murderous metaphors or uh, not murderous metaphors, to play lyrical luncheon or fucking um, Eureka. And man, like this dude would be the start of the night and that's the only time he could drop anything off that because the fucking pressing was just so bad at that point, you know, like to play in the club. He couldn't drop fucking lyrical lunch and couldn't drop Eureka so he just drop it at the start of the night for us and we just badger this cunt every week man to play those joints but dude the fucking was it just being up here like that record like it's just yeah man it's just uh, it's got a warm fucking place in my heart but I think in a lot of people's too you know like it was but because it's also uh, you know the Brisbane Melbourne connect you know because RDC like Prowse and Jace are on there fucking um oh no did Jace yeah. produce and then Prowse what is it States of Mind Oh, POV. Yeah, Prowse recorded it um, and Jay's did the beat, yeah, States of Mind. States of Mind, yeah, 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 that's right. You know, and Strutter's on that, pretty sure? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Like, yeah, man, like fucking just the creativity between you guys at that point in time. You were bony and they were stony, you know, like yeah. who was bringing the records? Like were you there watching Lays make the beats, you know, like. Yeah, well, he just made them. I'd never hang around, I guess, with Excel, but I didn't pay that much attention. I was like, having a pipe on the couch in the yeah, back yeah, corner. Yeah. <laughs> but Lazy was more, you know, watching him, watching what he's doing and paying attention to it. And, yeah, uh, yeah all, I'm pretty sure most were made on the spot. One of them, which I think was POV, he like he, he somehow deleted it. Yeah. Or something happened, it crashed and it hadn't been saved and we had this sick beat. Fuck. And then, you know, he, he freaked out a bit, you know, he went for a bit of a skate and disappeared to get some fresh air and then he came back and we remade that one later and it came, you know. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. came good, but we were always like, oh, was it as good as the first one? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, or just yeah, just hanging out at Lazy's. Um, just good going into Rocking Horse with hams, like just the feeling inside, man. Like yeah. it was just love. Yeah, yeah, just definitely, like, man. The almost wanted to cry when I left. Like yeah. I had this. Oh, hanging out with. I uh, had the blunted stylus cassette. That Sick. green one, can't which one. It just gave me this feeling, man, and hanging out with the, uh, the memories of hanging out with Catch. Yeah. And they to some place, always get it wrong. I think it's Spring Hill, but they always get told it's wrong. Spring Hill, We were recorded it, just hanging out. No, that's when I met Alain, uh, Annette, Len's wife. Yeah. You know, hanging out with them. We're watching Stingers on telly. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like just the feeling of it all. Yeah. Like it still burns inside me. Yes. Like, you know, it's like it's, yeah. it's almost like makes me sad because I want to go back there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. And you've been coming back here for fucking years, like, you know, following that. Uh, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think I've missed a year. Normally I, I come twice. Yeah, moving into In Bed With Bias, you know, just that fucking – just what was going on, like at that point in time, those beats, you know, you were saying how you're fucking, you wanted to you know, write theme records. You're an MC, you know. Yeah, well, I was, I was, I was real happy at that time. Like, you know, I had the, I had the lung collapse. Oh, it was like fuck. a couple of weeks. Yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. of weeks after I yeah. uh, sh- shaved my head, so it was yeah. like, you know, I was like a brand new me. I'm not smoking anymore. Yeah, I started eating properly, paying attention to diet. <laughs> Like everything changed. 18 kilograms later, you know, he's looking, fuck. he's looking nice and healthy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I started going out, you know, drinking and, you know, whatever else you were doing at that time and girls, yeah. et cetera, you know, it was just, just living life. It was why there was such a gap, I guess, between beeswax and in bed with bias. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, I was always writing stuff, but it was Stubacker's mate D. I hadn't seen him in ages. I've seen him now and then, but we're out, we're out drinking. Yeah. Stu always loved to drink. We're always out drinking, just what you do. And uh, <laughs> D. Yeah, he said, I come in the studio and I'll record for you. I'm just yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever, yeah. Next time I see him, he said the same shit. I'm just like, all right, let's do it. I'll come. I'll come every Wednesday, yep. once a week. Let's make it happen. Because yep. the only way to record shit, advice to anyone out there, lock in a day, go 100%. and do your shit. 100%, man. 100%. Just do one track. A couple of months later, I'm going to do another yep. one. Have your shit ready. Get there. You know, yep. do it. Treat it so like a job. Sort of, you know, what I tried to do, that's how yep. I get shit done. Yeah, yeah. Treat it like a job. Yeah, so yeah. I just go in, have my shit done, you know, and hang out. It was a really nice studio that he had, and like, he's a real calm dude, and it was just real nice, you know. It was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And my life at the time, I was having a lot of fun, so That's I was just right. trying to write some fun shit. Oh, but know? dude, it's a fucking, it's a fun record, man. Boys Night Out, Ladies Man. Like, you know, you hooked up with, you know, you getting production off Checkers and that, hooking up with uh, Checkers and New Sense by that stage. Yeah. You know, you were sort of definitely, you know, you were, you know, you were heavily involved. Well, fuck, obviously, man, you were putting out this music, but you were heavily involved in the scene with those coming up in the scene at that time because a lot of people look to you as the legend already having released that, you know, uh, Beeswax, Boney and Stoney, you know, like, but you were just having mad fun man like putting dudes on the production who were you getting who produced who produced fucking um in bed with bias bias. uh optimus ah word from downside (coughs) yeah lazy uh weapon x had a beat on there word yeah okay jace yep uh gonna forget people again like uh I'm not sure right now. Yeah, I don't have a copy in front of me, but yeah, I mean, just fucking, you I mean, know, people you, up, but I'll make noise and shit, so don't worry about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, like, no, but your ear for beats, dude, and the fucking lyricism that was on display in those years, yeah, it just sounds like a fucking lot of fun, man. Like, that record is still a lot of fun. Like, Boys Night Out and shit like that, inspired, was that inspired by a real events, you know? Like, I was just like bits and pieces. I was just, uh, 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 New Sense and Checkers were living in Turak, I think it was, mm-hmm. or just out of Turak. Close enough. Uh, yeah. And I was I just chilled with them a few times and um, like I, I knew them anyway, but, you know, just yeah. there was a few, you know, 
more ra- well, more can't even speak properly. I'm trying to think. <laughs> anyway, the point of it is, we wrote raps together. It's the first time I've ever like sat and yeah. written raps with someone in a room and yeah. been like under pressure to get it done. Yeah. Uh, so we just sort of wrote shit and we talked about some ideas in between. But we sat there, I think, and then we came back another day and we finished the last bits of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so fuck. Yeah, we just sat there and smoked some weed and you know we did what we did. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Well, you know, doing what you do, move on the pavement, bro. Because when we talked to Biggie, I was like, man, I just got to get you know. You know, it's a fucking monster, man. Like, it's just a fucking absolute monster. Were you sent the beat? Were you there when he made the beat? What was the, you know, and then obviously Heater filming the video clip. Like, you know, it's a combination of things. Putting Biggie on the uh, video rather than the actual album cut. You know, what was going on there? Well, it started with Lazy was living down here. Ah, of course, yep. He was living in Glen Waverley. Yep. And I think he, I'm not sure how, maybe is he half a year, maybe is he a year, I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. Yeah, it was close too, yeah, definitely. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so, yeah, I went and caught up with him, said I want some beats for some shit. And uh, he had his MPC there and the first one he played me, I think, was Ladies Man. I was mm. like, oh, yeah, don't mm. mind it. You know, I already had the Ladies Man raps in yeah. my head. Yeah, yeah. I was already, you know, just go, yeah, that's going to fit perfectly. And then he played me the move on the pavement beat and I was like, oh, yeah, just fucking just from the start. Dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Dun. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take it. Yeah. So then I took it back and I just <laughs> went to my house back in Clifton Hill where I was living and sat in the back room and I just wrote it there. It yeah, was just yeah. on the spot, just wrote to the beat, just yeah. rewind it, listen again. Did he have that fucking, did he have that Big Daddy Kane vocal already in there when I move on the pavement? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was, was already there? there. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 See, for me, it works better. Like when I make beats now myself and I always try and put choruses in it and then people always say, no, I don't want the choruses in it. It makes me write about shit I don't want to write. Yeah. But for me, I like someone to give me an idea to write about because yeah, I've written about so much shit I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, but, it, you know, it kind of sends you in the direction, you know, particularly, you know, someone like Lay's, man, like, you know, for those of us that have been blessed to get beats off Lazy Grey, there's no shortage of fucking pee samples in them or something. You know, like you'll always chuck an yeah. acapella on just to give you that vibe, you know, like, and that's the vibe that he's getting from the beat. You know, he's yeah. sort of setting the tone in a way, you know, and it sets the tone for that fucking record. Like, Move on the Pavement is just, man, it's a fucking monster, bro. It's a monster, you know. You still closing shows with it? Like, I mean, I suppose you haven't been out on. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you, know, you haven't been out in a while, but. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but like, you do. The way Lazy comes in on, you know, the second verse and it's yeah. just. Everything and he actually was finishing his verse when he recorded it in the studio. Yeah, really. And I rewrote my first four bars as well because I didn't like the way I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I just changed it on the spot, and so yeah. that's just. And at first, I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, I used to follow the rules of. You know, yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, we just and then um, we had the uh, the big daddy came was there, and I think it was D that we had this other uh, walking with your head down, scared, scared to look. And yep. he goes, let's do a double chorus. Yeah. And then yep. we that on there, and it was just like, oh, this is banger. This is it. Yeah, fucking a. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And w- and when did Biggie come into the um? When did B- when did you bring Biggie into it? Um, because that Biggie, was interesting that he shows up in the video, but he's not on the actual. Um, he's not on in bed with Bob. Biggie would always be, oh man, I like that track. I'll write a verse to it. Yeah, always. Next day, he sends you a verse and it's yeah. like, oh wow, man. He just smashes it. Like, he's oh, good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I can't remember how it happened. It just would have been one of those. Yeah. Just, oh, it was for live shows. Ah, he goes, right. I'll write a verse for it. So when we do shows together, I've got something to say. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. just you do two verses, I'll do Lazy Spot. That's yeah. how it came together. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. That's, that so makes then sense. he appeared in the video at the time, so I was hanging out with Biggie, and uh, yeah. yeah, so that's, yeah, what that, and then we eventually released it on something. Did we? 
Oh, I don't know. Was it on the, the DJ Bones remix on B mixes or something? I was going to say, was it on B mixes? Because you've actually yeah. done. There's been like fucking, and there's the there's the um there's a remix of it or an entirely different version of Move on the Pavement on your new release too. Yeah, Move off the Pavement. Move off the Pavement. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that spoke- was one I actually. I recorded that and said the lazy to do a verse, and he didn't want to do a verse in it, or it just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that was one of the back burners. Just sat around, and then Bigfoot goes, "All right, I'll do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two oh. later, here you go. Here's your verse. Sweet, sounds sweet. Thanks. Yeah, seconds yeah. later. <laughs> For real, dude. It's like yeah, that. Brilliant mastering, sweet. Yeah, he sent it's done. See yeah, you later. yeah, yeah. But you know, the relationship with Biggie, man. Where does that sort of fucking stem from? Because he's been your hype man forever. He's a fucking linchpin too, dude. Like you know, Biggie is the person that I will say is the perennial workhorse. He's gone on to produce a lot of your music as well you know i know he has a hand in your live show well you know he's your hype man beyond that but he also puts together the live shows and stuff doesn't he you know like he sort of he'll arrange the fucking the music and all that kind of thing like yeah yeah he's always got the ideas he's a uh he's a hirsty boy too but where does it where does it all go back to with you and bigfoot well it was uh it was a girlfriend years ago that gave me a cassette which was a bigfoot's yeah she knew bigfoot and uh fletch rock Yes. And she'd give me a cassette. I think it was when I was doing the radio at that time. I'd have been doing PBS, doing the formula. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he uh, yeah, said, sounds good, come in. Yep. He came in there. I didn't even realise because I listened to your interview. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I didn't even call. And then I went, oh, fuck, I didn't even realise, you know, that I gave, gave him his first shot. Good on you, mate. <laughs> you heard <laughs> that no, between the swear It's funny now because the guy, he's the best mate, you know, I don't even yeah. think about those things. He came in the radio and, you know, yeah. busted his shit from the start, you know. He's just, he just sounds dope. Yeah. But on this cassette, there was a track called the 411 or the 401, some graph track. That's right. And I heard that and just like, this is fucking dope. Again, listening to it going, oh, I need to do better. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's when I get inspiration, it's just like, you're too good for me. Yeah. You know, I need to try. I need to try a bit harder. Fucking hell. So, Bigfoot lazy always do it to me. You don't want, like, you know, Bigfoot, like, you know, the guest versus that. You don't want yeah. anyone your shit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. sound better next to him, but he still sounds better than me. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, dude. And you just got a brain. And for you, it. Can, you can sit there thinking that you say something. I'll be like, oh, man, I'm, I'm saying that. And then Biggie gets on it. It's just like, fuck you, cunt. Like, you know, like you'll say it in a more straightforward manner and just fucking say it in that voice. But you know, yeah, that that relationship started at the uh, the radio and shit the radio, like that. Yeah, and then I remember him uh, that uh, it's Brad Strutt in the VGS kicking some real live shit here on PBS. That one. Yeah, I remember like, sitting in Clifton Hill writing them in my lounge room before they went into the radio, just going, yeah, Fuck. put them together and shit. They just walk in and just wrap it off paper. Brad was so good at that, just write shit on paper. Fuck. Leave my job. We're just driving the radio, and he just because he only lives a couple of streets away from me. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. That, that time. Yeah. So yeah, he just he just kill it. Fuck. Yeah, unreal, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I guess he just started doing my shows. Like I don't know. He's just he was like you said. He's such a workhorse. You know, and yep. he just, he's passionate and he just wants to make good fucking music and he just, just loves it, Yeah, you know? exactly, And man. just drives you to do more and he yeah. gives you that motivation, let's do this, let's do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steel sharp and steel in a way, you know, like it's like, yeah, fuck, let's man. Do some shows, let's fuck, I've got your back, I'll learn all your raps and, you know, he, he's the one that taught me how to, you know, when you, someone's doing your backups, he'd write all my words down. Yeah. Every track. Yeah. And if you get something, he calls me out, what do you say here? I don't quite get it, don't quite get it. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And he taught me to do the same, so to learn his raps, I'll do it. And then you look back and realise how intricate he's actually in what he's saying and thinking people aren't even going to get this. You need yeah. to write this shit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we just learn each other's raps and he tour with us and, yeah. That fucking live big, show. 
Boom. Yeah, chalk and cheese. Yeah, 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 chalk <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. But that's, you know, salt and pepper, brother. It's the way things work, you know. Like it's it's the perfect complement to the fucking meal at the end of it, you know, like and that's what that's what it's about. The, the funny thing with Big, I reckon, is like people see him on stage and think, oh, even, you know, he's had a few drinks, he's loud, he's like boisterous, he's whatever. But every time I come to Brisbane, he's come around to Lenny's on Sunday to have dinner or just to say hello. He'll always pop by. He always calls to see if, you know, how you're going. You know, he's yeah. that guy. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. Definitely. He's always there for you and he's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he's a friend, man. That's what he is. Yeah, yeah no, once he's on stage, he's just like, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, he's out of the, the the club. That's the way it's going down. Yeah, yes. he just loves it. You know, he just yeah enjoys it to its fullest. Yeah, right. absolutely, man. And you started getting a fair bit of production from actually. You know, before we get to that, before we get to you know that sort of era, dude. You know, you were talking about doing the covers before you released. Um, what was the fuck, dude? Sorry, I don't have it written down. What was the twelve that you put out following uh, in bed with bias? Hip hop life, man. My apologies. Fucking. No, that was before in bed with bias. Was that before in bed with bias? It was before, yep. Oh, fuck. I thought that was after because fucking Hursty, bro. You know, the juicy cover. Yeah. Dude, like fucking, man, it's a, you know, it's a fucking, it's another masterpiece, bro. Like you did it, you did it with fucking, you did it so well. Like so fucking well, man. Phenomenally. Like I can only fucking just, you know, just (laughs) pay you that compliment, bro. Like it's a fucking incredible, you know, like it's not even a cover. It's an original, but, you know, I know where you're going with it, you know, so it is what it is. Like the influence of, Biggie on the Notorious B.I.G. and you know that song, man. Like that's a fucking yeah, it's a masterpiece, bro. Can you speak on that a little bit, like Hursty and? Hursty, well, I, I love the Biggie. I was like a Biggie fan, you know. Know all the words, to all his albums. Yep. Well, the first two anyway, you know. The yeah. rest, I you know, fell off a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that was only two official albums. Because I did covers, it was sort of I'll do this, you know, this Hursty thing. Yeah. But it was more of a joke. I wasn't going to release it. It was the idea of a hip-hop life I thought was a good song, one in a million, which is pretty turd, but I don't really listen to it, so I don't care anymore. You know, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> but Hurst, it was just like that last track just to add something on the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually remember going to Jace's house when I recorded it. He lived in North Melbourne. He lived with the New Breed guys. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, dudes came in, oh, I do want to talk on the joint, just like, oh, yeah, I Recording that, or I'll have a little go, you know, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck, I started tripping. I was <laughs> like, oh, I need to go sit in a different room, and you know, I was sort of like, oh, really, I was peeking out. Well, fucking Wigan. Yeah, and then uh, and then Jace was getting ready, and I didn't want to tell dudes I was freaking out. It was only Danny, I think, that was like, you know, oh, you're all right to sit over here, you know, you'll be good. Off the weed. And then, uh, and then yeah, Jace, like, you ready to go? And I just came in, and I just had to wrap it. And I remember just being in a really weird headspace. But can't you a fucking you 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 were a seasoned fucking bong pig at that stage, weren't you? You're a seasoned. I was, it was just some weird. I think it was when I was going to when I wasn't like uh, I was after it stopped, you know, yeah. after the lung collapse or whatever, you know, which wasn't associated to the weed, just because I was so fucking skinny and yeah. tall, and yeah, you know, they say it just happens. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so the lung collapse had nothing to do with the fucking weed. I'm sure it helped, but they just went and went in. They just <laughs> it contributed. Sports people, you know, and athletes, you know, just yeah. the lung comes off the back wall, you know, the you, the wall of your back, whatever, Shit. implodes. Fuck. Spontaneous pneumothorax, that the one they Fuck. call it. Fuck, how long were you out of business for? How long, how long were you fucking laid up? A day. That's it? Off a fucking lung That's collapse? It. Yeah, you're only, in there, you're only in there like a day or so. They, they let you out and then you just got to chill at home and yeah. be a bit calm. Yeah. That was the day you... That was the day the V the uh, Bias VHS came out. Oh, for real? The day yeah. I actually, the day I edited it, I was walking through the city on the way back. Yeah. 
I just felt really weird and I couldn't breathe. And I rang my mate Chris and I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm just like full trip and I can't breathe. And I'm sort of laughing about it. And I'm yeah. crouched on the, on the side of the road. Oh, fuck. And then I, I, I took a few like breaks to get to the to Flinders Street because yeah. I just had to get back to Clifton Hill. Yeah. And you get on the train, this girl Marlo Sullivan from years ago down Eltham used to hang out with her family and she looked at me and she goes, oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, she goes, your eyes look really weird and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, I reckon your lungs collapse. Fuck. <laughs> happened to me three times. Fuck like, off. What? And she goes, when you get home, don't even like bother, just go to the hospital. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've never heard of such a thing. You know? yeah, yeah. But this bitch is a fucking expert. <laughs> yeah, three times. She got she got her stitched on her back or something. Shit. I don't know what happened. But, um, so, yeah, I get off Clifton Hill and I walked down to the quick server. I'm like, I can't go any further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really fucked. And I call my, my flatmate to come and pick me up. And she's like, and she gets in the car straight away. I go, don't look at me. So I watch, she goes, your eyes, don't look at me. She's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> and then I explained it to her. And she goes, all right, she drove me in and that. I said, I reckon I sat there maybe 10 hours before they operated. Oh, they like, can't, yeah. sitting down, it's no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then they, if you want to have the info, they cut you open, they put a tube in, they suck the air out, your lung region, like reinflates or whatever, Ugh. they stitch you up and, you know, you're off to go. See you later. Fuck. So you spent more time sitting there waiting to be tended to and than fucking... Close, yeah, close. No <laughs> shit, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, These it's days it's even easier. They just do it with a little needle. For real? Yeah. Fuck. I had like a trainee who did it and he got the tube, like he had to like pull it out and put it back in again. And he, here's the, the highlight of it. <laughs> Because your heart rate and your breathing had to stay the same, yeah, yeah, they yeah. can't knock you out for it. Oh, fuck. So fuck. the lady just goes to me, this is really going to hurt. Mm. Hold my hand and I hold on. She goes, no, actually, hold the bar. I'll just hold on top of your hand, but it's going to hurt. Like, don't think it's not. Yeah. And, fuck. and the dude just cut me and stuck this tube oh, and then they get infection and was like, oh, I was out. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, that was some pain there. Oh, can't, that's fucked. So no, no anaesthetic, nothing. Can't do nah, it because it slows point, your heart rate. Yeah. Fuck. Well, you're I don't know if they got a different procedure these days, but that was like Jesus August Christ. 29th, 1999, Austin Hospital. Fuck me. That's like that fucking, that's like some fucking Rambo shit, isn't it? When fucking Johnny Rambo cuts that fucking bullet out of himself with the hot knife. <laughs> like, oh, dude, that's some shit. Like, the good uh, thing was that I just shaved my head a few weeks ago, so I didn't have like a whole lot of hair and shit in my way. <laughs> That was the full new me, you know, oh, I was reborn. Bro. You know, the, yeah, exactly, man, it was a rebirth. You know, there's a positive in everything, isn't there? <laughs> I'm not sure how we got there because we're on some other topic. Oh, uh, well, we're we talking about Hursty Man, you know, like, but this hip-hop yeah. life bias, this hip-hop life leads to fucking hip-hop lung life. collapses on occasion, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Hursty covering Biggie and all that kind of thing, like, and then it became a live favourite, man. Like, I've seen you guys rock that shit live in countless, you know, countless times and it just fucking, it goes down a treat, man. It's a killer track, no matter what city you're in, too. Yeah, well, right now we usually use it as the end song. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you know a bit of an encore that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they feel like it, moving the payments. Yeah, moving the payments more. You chuck that in the middle. You want that about third song or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. They get excited for that one. Exactly. But they're always waiting for Hursty. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, man. Definitely. And you fucking who remade the beat or who did the beat for that? Uh, Jace did. Jace. And then when you do it live, do you rap on fucking Juicy or do you rap on the? The Jace? No, nah, well, Jace made the remix. He actually sped the vocals up a tiny bit because he had this beat that he put it on. Like, oh, that sounds all right. More, uh, we'll bring it out like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it's actually a little bit. It's a little bit faster than the first version. Ah, but I was, right. was going to get in trouble. I thought, oh, I'm going to get sued or some shit. Yeah, you know, it's going to be. Yeah. Never happened. Yeah, I then mean, I had it up on on iTunes or whatever, and I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't. You know, it's just a straight jack, so that's yeah. why I took it down. So it just sits on the twelve, and that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
definitely, dude. Well, fucking moving, you know, sort of moving along from that, being there, done that, dude. And that's when, you know, I sort of started hearing, like, the biggie influence in the beats and all that sort of shit. Like, that started being a big thing. I think you even hooked up with um, Art of War at the time. You were sort of hooking up with HG, like the, you know, the sort of extended HG crew checkers. Yeah. <clears throat> all those dudes. I think, did Disaster provide beats for that album or was that? Yeah, yeah, Disaster. He rapped on it too. It was and, on the last track, came over. And was that your first or second obese release? Because that, that was, was the 10th. Or was that the that 21st? Was, what's that? It wasn't like like that 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 release. Sorry, so that was your only obese release. But beyond that, no. was that like a 21st release? Wasn't that some sort of milestone release no, for obese? That was obese? their 50th. That oh, was 50th. obese's 50th. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, my first thing on obese was the Hip Hop Life 12, ah. which was OB, uh, 003. Okay. But I said to Shaz, I'll, I'll put it on uh, obese to boost the label but I'll just handle all the business and that myself. Just, yep. you know, so it's an extra thing on the label. Yep, yep. So that's what that was, you know, to help it, help it get, you know, take off, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then what were we talking about after the Been There, Done That? Um, oh, what's that, sorry? Yeah, Been There, Done That, man. Like just sort of moving into that, like, you know, you were hooking up with HG or, you know, it sounded like that, like, you know, just yeah. the production started well, going that. Yeah, I was just hanging out with like you know, hanging out with checkers out of war. You know, mates with all those dudes. Yes. Just you know, a bunch of good dudes having good yep. times. Yep. You know, the good thing for me is because I was you know there early, and you know, I gave so much influence and inspiration to people. Everyone was like, <laughs> <laughs> so even even the people who are dickheads are still be my friends. Yeah, you know, fuck I don't have a Problem yeah, yeah. with them. You know? Yeah. Usually, sometimes yeah. you know things go. A bit askew. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Such is life, man. You know, this happens. <laughs> yeah, but overall, yeah, just chilling with those dudes. And anyway, I think we did the Art of War uh, Roland 12. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Burners joint. Yeah. Uh, um, what else did we have? Uh, but you know, I really being... liked their first chapter when that, oh. that album came out, Art yeah. of War. Yeah, yeah. It's in my top 10 of Australian releases, definitely. Yeah, I don't know, maybe in five, I don't know, but it gives me this feeling. I. It came out just before I went overseas. Yep, yeah. So I'm you know, in London by myself, not all the time. Layla, Josie's dolls are over there, whatever. But, uh, yep. you know, I listened to this shit and it gave me a feeling of home, you know, and I just thrashed it. I listened to it so much. And yeah, just yeah. beyond that, it's good production. Oh, it's an so, amazing you know, release, eh? Like it was an amazing record, man. Well, the raps are good. Everything's yep. like it's just a good, yep. you know, it's just, Wonderful. And you know, for me, prior to that, Art of War, Slob My Knob off the Culture of Kings 2. Like, man, yeah. I used to fucking, if there was a track on that, on Culture of Kings 2 that I went to, it was it. That was it, man. Slob My Knob. Because we ain't aiming for the top 10. Like, I just love the fucking attitude. I remember those cunts came to Brisbane, man. And fuck. Uh, what was our mate's name? I can't fuck, dude. The name's fuck. I remember. Fuck, I can't remember. I think he was on that track with you, actually. But he comes to Brisbane. He's wearing fucking Tims and jeans, and it was a stinking hot fucking December burner. day, dude. Like, yeah, burner. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah. and they rock, dude. But they rock the stage, man. Like, they were just fucking crazy. But you know, yeah, that influence. You know, you started hearing that influence in being there, done that, man. Like, and was that? I mean, for what it's worth, was that your probably one of your highest selling releases or biggest releases the, with the obese backing and all that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, yeah, it ended up it sold more than any others. Yes. Yeah. Um, because it was, it was more, a big record, you know. Taken. What's that? It was a big record, man. And even what was the first single off it? With um, I remember seeing it on Rage. Like I remember putting on Rage one night and it was like, "Fuck, done that." Yeah, 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 yeah. Always hated that film clip. It was meant to be something else, and I just ended up saying yes to it, being a yes man. And well, what happened? What was it supposed to be? Well, originally, the dude's like, you know, I've got this idea, and you're inside this white room, and like the camera's moving around. Like I'd have to show you with my hands, you know. You yeah, can't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. 
yeah, just all these ideas. It didn't end up like that. It just ended up pretty much me rapping the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I had yeah. these other ideas of shit, and it was sort of it was a real hot day, and I think everyone was over it. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I had always – that's why I started doing my own video shit later because, yeah. you know, I can't blame anyone else, and it's my direction and what the idea I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a bad video either, man. It's not that it's fucking that bad. Like just standing in the white room, the different directions, you know, like the different – Yeah, it just room. wasn't – yeah, it just wasn't what I thought I was going to get for what I was paying and yeah. just – yeah, et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you were fucking doing it. You know, you were doing it kind of large at, at that period in time. You were definitely like sort of one of the fucking preeminent artists in the country, touring and doing all that kind of thing. Like, what was yeah. the um, what was the push behind Move on the Pavement? You know, like Obese got behind it. You mean being there, done that? Oh, sorry, fucking fuck, cunt. Sorry, yeah, yeah, being there, done <laughs> that. Being there, done that. Uh, what were the? Well, were they, it was just a good time at Obese. Like they're really on top of their their distro. They had a great hookup with JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. The radio, like Triple J, had yeah. Bianca and Confetta working there at the start. They were doing excellent work. Terry Ho. Then we had uh, like Ben Rinderman and uh, can't think of his name. Oh, they'll be upset. The other bloke. <laughs> <laughs> The other bloke. Yeah, but Pegs was running the show, and you know, Hilltop Woods had blown up, and you know, it was, yeah. it was, you know, everything was going really well. You know, your yeah. pre sale 2000 CDs haven't even been pressed yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, going cool, you know, and then you just get a nice big check at the end of it. Yeah. Know, this was sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, it was all the gigs. You know, I guess the Cavetta and Bianca were putting together. And um, it was, it's weird because when you, it was at the time, like, when things sort of changed. With the whole radio side of things, mm -hmm. we used to all be underground and the same, but as sort of the hilltop, the, the, the hoods blew up and, yeah. you know, everything sort of became more on the mainstream tip. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Where everything else didn't get really as much notice, you know, it was sort of the start of the fade for, yeah, well, I guess, yeah. underground stuff, you know? Yeah, for yeah. What, what it used to be. Yep. And it's not just to them because, you know, if I, I love the blokes and I'm, I'm yeah. you know, yeah. couldn't be proud of them, you know, yeah, they've done absolutely. a great job. Absolutely. Yeah, and they always like give a, back a, too, don't they? Like the hoods so have all. What's that? The, like the hoods. Sorry, man. The hoods. Sorry to interrupt you, but the hoods have continued to give back. Like it's not like fucking. It's not like they blew up and then fuck hip hop. You know, like it's still hip hop. Yeah, it's no, still no. you know like. Yeah. You know, they'll get everyone in their video clips. Even that time they programmed Rage, they just played fucking rap videos for like 12 hours, one after the other, man. Like, you know, it was just, yeah. it's incredible to watch, man. You know, to me, that's shit. You know, to me, that's just, that's hip hop, man. That's being a fan, you know, like that's what it is. Yeah. And they've got the right personalities for it, too. Yeah. They're like, they, they, uh, I guess all the media shit, you know, being that big, you know, they're, yeah. they're funny dudes. They've got good sense of humor and yeah. they're humble as well, you know, they're yeah, good. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, so around that time, there was like Corner Hotel, and they did a gig, and the first one sold out. So they go, oh, "We'll do it the night after." That one sold out. Well, yeah. I think it was three or four gigs in a row. Fuck. It was organised on the spot, just sold out. That yeah. was like that was the change right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where that's where things started but, fucking so, moving. Yeah. So after that was the uh, restrung. I think came out after mine. Okay. So of course, there's more imp importance in that yeah. to get that out there for the label to make money, which is understandable. Yeah. You yeah. know, I just. In the middle of hard road and restrung, whatever, and then I think there was a start of a falling out. Maybe the the whole obese and the hilltops going apart as well. Yeah, just yeah. After. But it was, yeah, I, I, I was you know I, it went really well. Did lots of shows and yeah. you know it was probably my favourite tour ever. I went to Cairns, Townsville, shit I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the best shows ever. Some of the worst shows ever. You know, sick memories of Bigfoot Mixer. He came along as well to DJ. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was good working out the back of the shop. Like, uh, it wasn't the shop, sorry, the office, because OB's had the, had the 
the shop at the start, then Pegs came along and opened an office and then went to this bigger space and it was fucking, it was a beautiful room yeah. where you went upstairs, it was all grey walls and that. Yeah. So I was out the back working full time, packing, like I was sending out all the Hilltop Hood CDs and their gold plaques and shit overseas and yeah. whatever. It was yeah. a good time to like just see everything that was moving and looking at, you know, who's popular, who's not and just... You know, yeah. Even touching all those CDs. Yeah, so like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, like, what the the machine that Obese was at that point in time. You know, like, man, <coughs> it seemed like every release got Triple J album of the week. Like, Obese, fucking, it seemed to, it was a machine, man. Di- beyond distribution, but just the fucking label, like the artists they had involved. Man, like, what was it to be involved? To be what, like, you know, I know you just touched on it there, but just beyond that, man, the shit they were fucking doing, like, you know. Yeah. Well, it's just. It was Pegs' work ethic that really like blew it off at that time. Yeah. And the popularity popularity of the hoods. But yeah, you know, yeah. Pegs he was always there, you know, even like after the hoods blew up and shit, there was uh, you know, he was still there working, he'd be there every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing I would have been off like holiday and or something going, This shit's running itself well, I'm cool, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go do some other shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's right on top of it and just he he always had a vision, you know. Yes. He knew before they blew up that you know, yeah. when he took over the label, that was his first thing, get the Hilltop Hoods and this is going to be big. We did, the rest of us didn't see it. We didn't yeah. think it was going to be what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think it was just his drive and his vision and just, yeah, the yeah. music at the time and they needed the, like, it was time for someone to get that. <coughs> Sorry, time man. for someone to get that. You're right, time, yeah. time for someone to get that popularity, you know, and for it to yeah. – uh, Someone to run with, you know. Yeah, they know yeah, this music yeah. bubbling underneath. We need yeah. that right sound, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because even, I mean, even with we even with Obese early on. I mean, Obese had the first Culture of Kings, which you know, for what it's worth, one of the first sort of popular local hip hop tracks was the Barbecue Song, Mass MC featuring Thorn, wasn't it? You know, and then yeah. then yeah, Matty B's yeah. Fridays, I'd say. You know, like there was a couple yeah. of tracks that were early on that 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 kind of predate the fucking real success that the Hoods had and all that kind of thing. That you know, that were moderately successful uh, Triple J songs. You know. Fridays, yeah. the barbecue song, things like that, and Obese had those joints too. That was Obese prior. You know, like you know, that was yeah, the yeah. early sta- stages of Obese. You know, yeah. and Hunter Jam Roll, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, also like, Downside, like Downside, were doing the festivals before the Hoods. Yep, that was yep. sort of the biggest act at yep. the start of yep. what was going on. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. And yeah, just where Obese went with it. I mean, Obese fucking didn't they put out Bliss and So early? You know, draft. Yeah, yeah, they put our flowers on the pavement. That's that was right. their first one. That's right. That's right. So, how'd you find your time there? Had you finished while well, you were still working out the back? You'd finished being at the front of the business for what it's worth? Um, at that point, I was, I was just full time, just working in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still done some music outside, but I think being around the music too much takes the passion out of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you start to not. And I not love it the same. You know, you spend your whole day just listening to records and shit going on and music, and you go home and you just want the telly off and you want silence. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. What I started getting to. Yeah. But uh, when when the office moved to a different spot, I started doing Fridays back in the shop. Yeah. And it was around the time where Frank came along, and I was offered if I wanted to be the manager, and I didn't want to be the manager. Yeah. I was like, I'm just happy to, you know, I'd rather be in the office and I'd rather, you know, something different because I'd already worked in the shop for so long. That's right. I guess I didn't have the same drive, you know. Frank came along and did a really good job, and yep. he was very professional and passionate about what he was. brought the energy. Yeah, so he came down from Wollongong. We'd met him. Me and Reason did. Uh, ooh, we did a show in Newcastle. I think Tunzi might have organised it. Mm. And then we're with Richie Allergic. I remember we got a train back to Wollongong, and Frank picked us up. 
and just this warming little. I don't know, have you met Frank? Do you know Frank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank, yeah. Slap, slap, so, slap 618 or 168. So, so calming and just, yeah. like, you know, I was just like, oh, we just had this hectic, you know, those drinking a big party. And yeah. yeah, it was very calming. So, yeah, well, anyway, Frank, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he has Union, Union Heights now. Like, you know, the OB thing, you know, Frank went off to do his own thing. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, he's doing Union Heights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but those times were just, I've, I've loved that I've had the opportunity to always be at the time of change and to yeah. see it happen. Yeah, 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 Although yeah. I've never been on top of when it's happening and realise how important it is at that time, yeah. I've been there to, to see it, to look back and go, oh, I was there and yeah. how it felt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pivotal moments in yeah. history, you know, like in, yeah, in our culture. So many. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you, you, you're at the centre of so much of it, B. Like, you just, you're one of those figures, man. Like, you know, like, you can look back at it now and go, fuck, fuck. You wouldn't have seen it at the time because you were too in the mix. You're in the mix, yeah. you know. Like, you you were there. You know, that's why you are where you're at where you're at now in your career. You know, but being there done, that was, you know, that was, you know, that was a high point in your career, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, in some ways, some people were like, it doesn't sound like your other shit. Yeah, but is it supposed to? Because I said, I, I big in whatever. I want a shit that was more like that I could perform live on stage. I only want some slow rap and just nod my head. Like That's I was right. like, we need these beats turned up. We need to yeah. like get people excited because I've been doing all these shows and you can see when people aren't feeling it. So all I want to do is all this fast shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, and then, you know, saying a big year, I want something that sounds different. Yeah. It's not something particularly the Triple J are going to play. Just make something that's just not like, Boring, just, yeah. just beats or something. You yeah, know? Yeah. get a bit of party in this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fucking hey, don't rap on a beat. That was sort of the sound we went with that album. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And Biggie remade fucking um because I remember when news came out to Brisbane supporting DJ Revolution at the Moon uh, Moon Bar or Empire Hotel, fucking somewhere like that back then. And you were doing um, oh, what's the fucking song? That was DJ Revolution Moon Bar. Oh, Revolution. You. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> the first night I met Biggie. I remember that. And um, was that it? DJ Revolution. DJ Revolution, yeah, that was the first time I met Bigfoot. Yeah, definitely, man. When you brought him up, funny, funny one that night. We did. We, we it was like a, we had to do tracks from Beeswax. Yeah. I think Zuda took us up there. Yeah, and uh, DJ Sheep, he was some involvement too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> and yeah, we got off stage. Oh, the story goes on. Even like there was an airline hostess that was like, "Yeah, oh, we'll come to the gig and that." And she rocked up and she was just. So hot that I didn't even want to speak to her. Like, I was real scared. <laughs> but anyway, after we got off stage, um, everyone bailed on Revolution. There was only like about five or six people standing around his decks, oh, and we okay, felt yeah. bad about it. We're like, <laughs> oh man, thank you. Yeah, it was, yeah it was strange. Anyway, oh, dude, everyone, the story. Yeah, no, 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 everyone, no, but, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, everyone was there to see the support, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, fuck, you know, it is what it is. DJ Revolution does his thing. But, you know, the fucking, um, that was the first night I heard, um, Oh, fucking, what's the joint you used to do over Lalo? My apologies, dude. I can't fucking, um, I was talking about it with Biggie. Pervert. On the, pervert. 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 You know, getting Biggie to remake that beat, man. Like, he, dude, he's, he can make that sound. Like, you know, like he's got that fucking, he's got a gift, doesn't he? You know, like, and what was the, you know, just the process with that because Pervert was a fucking slamming song on Lalo. We're talking about this uh, Dr. Dre beat. Well, so. Yeah. Well, at that time. It was only when I started listening to Snoop Dogg. Mm, I mm. sort of listened to Dre Chronic, the, the first one. I sort of went off the whole West Coast side of things. Not yep. that I was that big into it, but I started listening to Snoop and I'd heard that, the Layla, I think, because yep. I, I, I was doing radio, I got some promo, had the instrumental on it. Yeah. And then I was actually, I remember being, getting a train home from Obese, going to Rack Station, looking out the window of the train and just could see these white undies. 
and just thought, oh, girl skirt, the rhymes of pervert. Oh, that's a song. There's a song in there. <laughs> There's a song that in there. That was it. Can't help being a pervert and yeah. it was on. That yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had that beat in my head because I've been listening to it so much. Yeah, and then, yeah. You know, and so I think we'd already rapped on it before Biggie said, I'll make a beat that sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd already done it live over the other beat. Yeah, no, that's what he said, and he was telling us, and like, just yeah, he drags a pick down the strings, just what the way it's sampled and stuff. It's fucking yeah. amazing, man. Like, it's incredible. And then, yeah, and I made him change the chorus was actually even feral bitches that be looking like they're Fraggle Rock, and I said, I don't want you saying bitches. <laughs> yeah. So we had to change it to women. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do. That's PC. <laughs> still, still offensive, but less offensive. Less offensive, <laughs> just slightly, man. Yeah. <laughs> but what else? Like fucking, you know, that album. Who else did you work with on that album? Disaster? Uh, disaster. Uh, who else? Burner? Yep. Jace. Bigfoot. Bigfoot made a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. I'm someone, someone I missed again. Doc Felix might have been on there by that point. Yeah, definitely. Well, fucking, I mean, following, you backed that up pretty quickly with Aerosol Era. Didn't you? Was yeah. that like the following year or so? Almost. It just seemed really quick. It was like being there, done that. Yeah, and probably. Drop within eighteen months. The other day. Yeah, I did an interview the other day, and they mentioned the dates, and it was like a year or a year and a half later. Yeah, yeah. I thought. I remember. I sort of. I haven't checked the exact dates. Like we, you know, we got this like fuck a fact check thing around here, so we just sort of just try and talk it out and work it out. But I, I essentially remember it being around like fucking eighteen months or something. It just seemed to be like pretty close to one another. And you know, you sort of took it from you took it from being there, done that, which was you know like a you know testament to where you were at at that point in time hip hop wise and you took it back yeah. to fucking graph solely you know like just fucking aerosol era was fucking you know graph start to finish man it was just you know a throwback to your fucking those days that career and some of the joints on there man were fucking phenomenal rattling off the crews the fucking man the train stations all that sort of shit like what was the thinking going from being there done that into aerosol era aerosol era well it was it was something I always wanted, like, you know, the whole being there done that was like dudes saying, you know, rap about graph again. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't do graph anymore on that. I can't keep rapping about it. That's right. I can't. Now I've had a kid and I'm different. I can't talk about going out and picking up girls or something, you yeah. know. I'm not doing it. I've never been a, like a fake person. I always, you know, tell yeah. it real. Mm. So it was the same time King's Way, the book, was coming out. Ah, yeah. Which is bought out by a duet and parses and whoops. And, uh, like, you know, a duet and parses, you know, I've known these dudes since 87, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. And they were they would ring me up and ask questions because they know I remember a lot of that stuff or I filmed or took photos of stuff. And yeah. you know, I'd do the same with them. So I thought, yeah, I'm gonna start writing some tracks and it sort of compliments the book. Yeah. So I wanted to do it. I thought, well now's the right time to do it. Yeah, yeah. So just yeah, I just I'd try and think of things, you know, I wanna write something about paint, I wanna write something about racking, you know, I wanna give respect to these, you know, different crews, whatever. I just get a beat and just start doing it. Yeah. And like the, the you know, I remember Adidas in Force, Blue to Bone, J and H and Caribbean. I just yeah. just thought just start writing anything. Just write. Yeah. And I just every memory, just put it together, put it together and you know, then started to structure things. Yep. 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 But then like line to line I actually wrote every train station down. Fuck. Which was Fuck. around in eighty eight. So it wasn't after that because some lines got extended. So yeah. people might go, you missed my train station, but you weren't there back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. What are you worth going to? Yeah. So <laughs> down, and we picked out which were rhyming words and also which words started with the same letter. Mm. Mm. So break down the syllables. And I thought, all right, I've got three verses and I'm yeah. going to mention every one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of it were on like, you know, Packenham to Preston, Coranda Patterson. 
It almost sounds like it, it makes it sound more interesting because you're using the same letter. It does. It does do. Yeah. Fucking A. It's almost like you're rhyming, but you're not. Yeah, and yeah, I learned yeah. when I was doing that, going, oh, this actually works really well. Yep. And then yep. I'll just find two words and go, oh, that's going to work together because yeah, yeah. I can't try and throw extra words in. I'm yeah. going to be cheating. I've got to nail this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you did that sort of shit with, uh, what was it, Bundles of bee. Bundles of Bees just mm-hmm. prior to that, like on being there, done that. And that's yeah, fuck, dude. Bundles of bundles of bees is a fucking dude. If people are listening and they haven't listened to that in a long time, just go back and put bundles of bees on because it's fucking, it's phenomenal, dude. The wordplay and bees start to finish, brother. You start everything. B b b b b b b like b b b b b everything, man. It was actually that. That was actually only a third of the whole track that I wrote. Fuck, really? I thought, this is going to be real boring, and I'm going to cut it off right here. <laughs> oh, dude, but that's a banger. Who produced that one? You remember? Uh, Tonic Lab. Was that Platonic Lab? Yeah, that was Pluto. Sick. Fucking sick. I'm glad you reminded because now he gets his shout out. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely. So. Big, no, big shout out to Platonic Lab. But, um, I mean, sort of, you know, you took some of those formulas into Aerosol Era, you know, like some just, you know, that thinking. Well, well my whole thing is like you got to, you know, you take your idea, you want to talk about rack and paint, you can't just talk about rack and paint, you need an angle. Yeah. What yeah. I'm going to talk about here, you know, you need to get into the stories, you can't just... I know, I can't just rap about nothing. Mm, mm, yeah, I need to know what direction I'm taking and I want to know where I'm going to start with it and what I'm trying to say at the end. I need yeah. to like build it and get my idea before I even try and structure the, you yeah, know, yeah. and then it just comes to you. Sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, dude. And, yeah, that's exactly it, man. And that's where, I, you know, yeah, definitely. That's one of my things with rap these days. You know, you, I've got to be saying something, man. Like, you know, if you're putting pen to paper, it's got to be saying something. Even just fucking writing something on social media, it's just got to be saying something and there's got to be a rhythm to the words, you know. like, And I think that's something, listening to your music, that's something that got instilled in me because there's always such rhythm to the way you write, man. Like, you know, beyond poetry, just fucking rhythm. It's hip-hop, dude. It's fucking – it's sick, you know? Like it's it's a crazy – it's a crazy whatever the fuck, you know, formula that it's you have. It's patterns. It's kind of mathematical patterns in a way. It is, dude. Sometimes it is. When things just really like – end properly and everything like blends and you go man that's like you know that that's good yeah i do so like, yeah. like uh off bias life well I guess we're gonna get there in a second love with the music and just the way i wrote it if actually like when i think about it and i was really proud of myself the way i pulled it off three verses they start properly they end well they got a double meaning yeah. everything like sat properly for me yeah 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 yeah, yeah even yeah, that yeah. melbourne city you probably don't like it because got that tarly singing in the chorus or whatever what's that that's kind of fuck i remember which one Melbourne City off Bias Life. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was fucking, yeah, yeah that's all so right. Yeah. bar verses, but yeah. I just ended up like they just, I was so comfortable with it and the way it sat. Sometimes I'm sort of jerky and trying to say too much, but it was just, yeah, they were two yeah. tracks that I really enjoyed the way they sat and I thought I did them properly. Yeah, yeah, but you did that. I mean, you know, like, you know, if, you know, being a fan of your music, You'd put a chick on a chorus, like there was temper, temper rising, uh, what is it, temper rising, or you know, the Temp- tempers rising, tempers yeah. rising, you know, all that sort of thing, like that, you know, leading up to that. But I mean, <clears throat> yeah, what was it, Melbourne Madness, Melbourne Memories, or whatever, like that fucking joint yeah. off Aerosol Era, you know, like man, just yeah, just some phenomenal writing goes into, you know, went into that and just doing an album like so themed. What was your, in- what was your involvement with King's Way? Like, what were you contributing to King's Way to get you into that sort of, you know? That mentality, that... Well, I was just... I had photos of a lot of stuff. So, yeah. so some of my photos are in there. Just yeah. memories of, you know, do you remember who hung out with this dude or was this dude in that crew or, like, mm. was was this salmon pink or was this, like, was this called a strawberry? Was that a tuxin or did this come out in Plastico? It would be, like, yeah. just trying to get right information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and they were going full ball with this book, and, you know, Puzz just, you know, Duet had the best collection you've ever seen, you know, yeah. all the photos he's had from years. Yeah. Plus about DJ Chrissy and uh, Break, they got a lot of photos off them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just like talking about it, thinking about it, and I just, you know, it was the best times of my life. It's the reason I am who I am today. Yeah, definitely. And why I did the music and why I was inspired to go that way. Like, you know, you got these... Yeah, you, know, you got fifteen-year-old kids out there, like you know, DMA or something, sixteen, doing these fucking incredible panels that do something yeah. today. You know, and you got these yeah. little kids running around the street. My kid's eleven now, and just like, yeah, I think what I was doing when I was eleven. I don't yeah. want him leaving the house. Yeah, 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 for real, for real. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had a two in the morning climbing out the window to go and paint some wall down the street. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, dude. Just young ass. But yeah, just the 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 the. Just wanted to recapture that feeling, and I thought mm. if I pass away, I want to give respect to these people, and I want to like it's where I came from. Yeah, and people are going, oh, you're gonna also with the beats, they had to be people who are associated with graph in some way. Okay, Word. whether your brother did graph, whether you did graph, or whatever, you know, that's why Peril Ransom, whatever, on there. Um, uh, but just to, you know, if I passed away, I'd never have those stories to tell. That's right. Yeah. You know, the, the, my memory of it would be gone. I've never tried to claim to be someone who was leading the way or at the forefront or whatever or no. some big thing. I was just more someone who was watching this shit happening, being a part of it yeah. and documenting it. Yes. I was always to do with the camera, always the dude <coughs> with, with the stereo, with the music. You know, yeah. I was always, I was, they used to call me the hip-hop encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, this album, this verse, this rap, what do they say yeah. there? Yeah, 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 word. I was that guy <laughs> until like, it blew up too much, you know, and then there was just too much to remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking A, dude. Fucking A. But, you know, like a continuation of, you know, your legacy in graffiti was your association with Burn Crew. Like I remember in an early Stealth Mag there was a – um you know, like there was a thing, like Burn Crew was like a collective. It was you, Brad. It was obviously the core members of Flick, Puzzle and Disguise at the time. But then there was that extended yeah. crew and I think it was like, you know, the people that were wearing it, Biggie, Brad, Reese, and yourself. Like, you know, the dudes that were fucking super active, well, they continue to be active. But what was your association with Burn Crew? Because, you know, even fucking going down to Melbourne these days, you can still see some of those walls. They're still, you know, they're still putting out fucking quality merchandise, still putting out good product, you know, like – yeah, you're still supporting, still a part of the Burn Crew movement and all that kind of thing. Um, not anymore. No. I don't. Re- I don't really. Uh, I don't really wear the, like hip hop t-shirts. So I'm here yeah. right now in a bony insane t. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think to match my green coloured shorts I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's rhyming. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Puzz and Flick and uh, the Skies they started Burn Crew, and at that time. Like before that was Puzz, he did some Krylon t-shirts. Okay. And again, one that I posted the other day at the Big Bamboo, um, and I've got a Krylon t-shirt. That was some bootlegs yeah. that Puzz did. Yeah, well. And then he started doing some blessed t-shirts. He was learning about screen printing. He was doing that type of thing. And then you know he must have gone to Brendan. You know they're on the same tip. Let's do some t-shirts. Yeah. The first range was just a few different puzzle t-shirts. I've still got one in the plastic. One was just all these characters. Yeah. So that was sort of before Burn. And yeah. then Burn came and Flick came along and they got the Skies on board and did a few and then it just became Paz and Brendan and now it's just Brendan Paz went off and did his own thing. He lived in Singapore a bit for yeah. a bit, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're still, you know, still out there all in the shops and yeah. you know, all the kids are wearing it. Yeah, because they were fucking, dude, they were early with the streetwear, man, and they were early with the branding, like, you know, just having that real recognisable branding, that strong logo. And yeah, I just, I really think they were early with it, early pushing that movement. I want to have them on the show, like, you know, at some point, like I'd like to t- 
talk to uh, Flick or something like that. But yeah, I you know, and then I noticed that there was the you know they pushed the movement around it, so it was a crew of dudes. Like it was beyond an individual sort of thing. It was about pushing that crew. And then you'd come to Melbourne, and you get the train, you go through Richmond, and there's that fucking wall, that incredible fucking is it Richmond? Crew. Yep. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like dude, they you know you just go down there and you'd see it, you'd feel it, you know, and it's that that vibe and all that sort of shit you talk about. Like you just feel it, man. Like yeah, I just I fuck with their thing, and I just knew you were sort of involved with it early on and their movement but you know that sort of I suppose that extended into your merch game dude because your merch game was hard you spoke briefly about the video but beyond the video your tea game like you know you started sort of branding yourself and pushing your own brand and you know you pushed that hard from the being there done that sort of you know period almost no no that was more that was the in bed with bias period ah okay yeah because between beeswax and in bed with bias was the MC comps at revolver that's when their annual comp started Yep. So the second one of them I won and I got an Echo's like thousand bucks of Echo clothing or some shit. Oh that dude, yeah, you had an Echo sponsorship, didn't you? Even. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was getting so I was getting clothes there. They'd say like each three months come and get a box. Yeah. And then the person changed over oh, I can't remember the girl's for the first girl's name, but it changed over this dude, Kane Cherubin. Yeah, okay. So we'd rock in and he'd be like, all right, yep, grab a box. Yep, all right, undies, socks, jeans, Fuck. jackets, some <laughs> shoes. I don't know where to put the shoes. He'd grab a bag, put them in that. I was just like, holy shit, where we just – and then Strut got onto it. Strut's yeah. like, take me in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right. So we take Brattles in there. It's all cool. Yeah, lyrical commission. That yeah, we'll deck them out. You know, yep. and then they're starting the eye. They're going without me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was funny, man. I used to rock out the front of that joint and like catch the bus and have these two big boxes that I'd have to just put on the bus and just take off. Ah, just echo clothing. Oh, that's funny. But then we'd like hand it out. Like, you know, I remember giving Pack D some undies. Here's some boxes, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pegs, some clothes, and yeah, everyone yeah. just, you know, just throwing them out to people. Yeah, dude. Dude, uh, even that fucking, even the jumper that, lazy's wearing. still got echo clothing. Dude, the jumper lazy's wearing, that? the jumper lazy's wearing in the move on the pavement video. I remember him telling me he came back to Brisbane. He goes, oh, I got this off B. And then I saw the video and I was like, oh, it's the same. You know, I just compliment him on the jumper back in those days. And he goes, oh, yeah, B got, you know, rah, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> Might not have been a large, you just think of someone. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> my granddad had Echo Woodies, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, what happened? So, um, what happened with that shit? Echo just fucking died in the ass. Yeah. Well, at first, I remember I was on a tip seeing Peril and Infra and that wearing it, and I was a bit like, oh, this stuff's a bit whack. It's yeah, a bit yeah. like homie at the time, you know, yeah, at the man. time of homies. Yeah. Um, this is the vibe I had at the time, but I wasn't the best dressed bloke, you know. I can't really say what's looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially not Peril. He looks a million dollars every day. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so they gave me the sponsorship and I was sort of picking and choosing the, the best. But at the end, I didn't give a fuck, you know. And they, I'm getting watches and I'm getting sunnies and fuck, man. shoes, everything. Like, you know, they had everything. Yeah. And did they just want you to wear it? Just yeah. wear it, take a photo just, in it. Yeah, get out photos, promote it, and they'll just yeah, they'll just throw shit at us. It was great. Fucking unbelievable, man! Unbelievable. That's fucking. Unbelievable. So at the same time, Brendan and, and Puzz were doing their thing, so they're like, you know, giving us merch. But yeah, the Echo thing. I said to Kane, I want some t-shirts. I want to print some, and he's like, Yeah, I'll hook you up. We'll just do plain Echo t-shirts. Yeah. Like, oh, I want guys and I want girls as well. And he's yeah. Just like, yeah, sweet. Some sweet deal. I can't remember what they cost me, but it was almost like promo, you know. I'd make it cheap. Yeah, yeah. So they were the first T-shirts I printed up. So they were like red ones with white and baby blue in them. And I remember, yeah, and baby blue T-shirts that look like the In Bed With Bias cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the start. And now it's like, I reckon I'm, 
must have done like 3,000 t-shirts oh, or dude. something, all different colours and combos. Yeah, and yeah. But, but, bro, you did the baby bee fucking like little jumpsuit things for kids and yeah. shit like that. Like, you know, dude, man, you went in. <laughs> I was going to do pillowcases with In Bed With Bias. Fuck. <laughs> dude, that would have been dope promo. Yeah, I should have done it. It would have been a good memory. Well, you know, sort of following following the aerosol era, Era, <laughs> um, you started doing the B mixes and the the back appellas and all that kind of thing. Were you just was that just yep. to sort of you know keep keep the name out there? Was it just filler or were you just the first one was uh, the the B instrumentals number one? That's right. Yeah. Oh, did you do how many have you done? There was one and two of the instrumentals. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay, yeah. okay. So you've done two. Did you did you just license those instros from everyone and sort of put them out there, or I just said, "Can I put them on?" And everyone was like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people said, "Can you give me this or that?" And other people were like, "Yeah, cool. Happy for it to be out there." Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I had thirty five cents in my bank account. Yeah, yeah. And I rang up Len one because I remember him saying, "You ever, you ever need cash?" Yeah. But like, his wife was, like, you know, she and that she was a. Uh, you were hard up, let us know. Yeah. That was before the cafe and all that stuff, you know, so Absolutely. it was a while, a long time ago. Yep, yep. And so, like, how much do you need? And I said, 300. And she put 300 bucks in my account. Yeah. And then I said, three. And it's 300. And I go, no, nah, I meant three grand. <laughs> <laughs> Instrumental CD and try and recoup some money and get myself back, you know, on the go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'd done with mine. I was just out partying, whatever, and just go, yeah. oh, mate, I mean, you know, I need to get some cash. Yep. So that was the instrumental idea, and because we used to work in the shop, and dudes would say, "Have you got any instrumental CDs?" I just yeah. wanted like shit to rap to, yeah. And we never had anything to give to them, so yeah. I was like, "All right, well, I'm going to do this." Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where that came from, and also B mixers was before Aerosol Era. That was after being there, done that. Oh, B mixers. Ah, oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what was so the? That's fuck- when you do an album, people are throwing you some remixes and shit, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh, oh, what am I going to do with them all?" Yes. Yeah. So yeah. B mixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the process with B mixes? That must have been a lot of fucking, you know, sort of chasing people down and shit. Like, yeah, no, it's just sort of send people a cappellas. Everyone was pretty good with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It wasn't hard, really. And that was the first, yeah. and I think that was the first time we heard like a move on the pavement remix too, you know, like I'm not that yeah, you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, the, dude, there was some fucking dope remixes on there. I, man, I should have fucking gone back to that record. I haven't listened to it this week, but <laughs> yeah, I do I like remember. the ladies' man one. The ladies' man with uh, uh, Miss Brown and produced that's, by Jay Decider. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, that was a sort of, you know, you forged a fairly strong relationship with DJ Decide, you know, during these yeah. years too, didn't you? You know, he became your touring mm-hmm. DJ, following Mixer and yeah, all that kind of thing. And he does yeah. a lot of your album art, like the tags and, you know, all that sort of thing. How'd that, how did that sort of relationship forge? Another strong Brisbane relationship. I think it was I think it was from hanging out with Odie. I think I met him at Odie's house. Yes, yep. Who you know, runs Crust City now. Yep. Um, a part of it, maybe he doesn't run it. I'm sure he does. He's, oh, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the mix. Odds part owner. Yep. See, I reckon I met him there. My first, uh, my first good memory of Gab is he went to this uh, DJ to side. We went to some gig, and it was Ken Oates was rapping, I think, and it was like a bit of a circle somewhere in Fortitude Valley. Yep. And these dudes just stood right in front of us, 
And Gab just turned to do round and go, you're going to fucking stand in there or not? Mate, I was fucking standing there. Move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the dudes moved. Just like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> but he wasn't like, just sort of funny about it. It wasn't like mean the way he sort of said it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's when one of my first memories of him after that. I just. You put a few beers, you put a few yeah. drinks under Gab. He's in it. Well, fuck, you don't even need to put a few drinks into him. He's an incredibly assertive person when he needs to be. <laughs> There's no worries about that. No <laughs> Gavin, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, and yeah, it was just, you know, he just. Play, he'd always, you know, pick us up from the airport and somewhere to stay. And, you know, when you come up to do gigs, yeah, DJ, yeah. so you go to his house to rehearse before the gig. And, yep. you know, other people like, you know, Lazy and Lenny, they'd moved around to different places. At times you'd stay with them, at times you wouldn't. And, yeah, yeah Gab just became a, just a nice, comfortable, easy spot. And I guess he was doing artwork for me as well, besides being a great dude. Like him and Heater are like my top two, exactly. two dudes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And Gavin's eye for art, like, you know, he is a designer by trade and all that kind of thing. And, you know, he essentially runs the company he works in. He's a fucking he's – he's an incredibly intelligent man, but you clearly saw his eye for art and his – you know, his work ethic too, man, particularly during those times. D- DJ decide never stopped, man, never slept, you know, like that motherfucker. <laughs> we'd chain him to a computer and record and, you know, you were getting art done. Like, you know, there was shit fucking – yeah, he just didn't stop, man. No, well, he's a professional with everything. Like, even with his DJing, he's always on point. He's always yes. got shit ready to go. He's oh. like, he doesn't fuck you around. Fucking and I'm the same. Like, I want stuff done. I know yeah. what I want. And yeah. I think that's what you need as well when you do stuff. You know, oh, maybe I want a picture like this so we could try a sort of, this is the idea I've got. Yeah, yeah. Make it work. Yeah, yeah, and exactly, that, man. And explain things simply and not be not be a shit bloke and make things hard on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's where we work with each other. Same with Heater. Yeah. Just straight to the point. This is what we want. Understand your vision. Yep. Cool. Done. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, you've worked with Heater a lot too, haven't you? You know, like he's done a lot of clips for you, you know, all that sort of thing. The yeah. relationship there, does that, that, you know, I mean, Move on the Pavement, was that the first? That was his, that was his first ever film clip that he did. It was, hey. Yeah. Yeah. So he directed it. Yeah. And I think it was James Honey and it was another bloke. They were from Neighbours. Uh, like, you know, they worked, because that's what he did. Exactly. He worked on the, uh, on the set of Neighbours. Yep. And, um, so they came down and he had directed it and they had like a little dolly and they had a camera and just pushing back and forth, stood on the corner, which is like maybe 100 metres down from my front door when I yeah. lived in Clifton Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was our spot. I yeah. flew Lazy down. It cost 425 bucks for Lazy <laughs> and bought some fish and chips and I think that was the clip. You know, yeah. Peter kept saying to me, I want to do a clip, I want to do a clip. And I was like, yeah, yeah, same with D when we're doing like In Bed With Bias and Peter just kept saying, Every time I saw him, let's do a clip. So yeah. I'm like, all right, let's do it. We've yeah. done one before, let's do it. Well, there was a chopper clip that might have come out beforehand. That I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah. But that was a different experience in itself. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, and ever since, like, he does, like, one of them, you know, just, you can't say a bad word about them. Oh, like, fuck just man. one of them dudes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Always there for you, always professional. Nothing's ever too much hassle, just, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's almost, <laughs> yeah. That's almost a diss in itself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but you know, yeah, and I mean, you know, following move on the pavement, you did a bunch of clips with him. Did he do the the joint with Joyride? Did he shoot that video? Because that's a fucking mark, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a crazy video, and that's you know that shows early his eye. You know, like you know that just what you see in his production since, like in his videos and all that kind of thing. Just that the stuff he's done for Briggs and all that kind of thing. You, you know, in over the past few years, yeah. like beyond that, you know. But I think that eye early was in that um, you know, in the joint you did with Don Joyride. Yeah, well, he buried me in the backyard. That was heaps of fun. Yeah, <laughs> getting rained on. Yeah. <laughs> You can imagine me like, so he dug the hole, 
covers you in dirt, the weight of the dirt, so already it's hard to breathe. Fuck. Yeah? Yeah. So they get the sprinklers out, start squirting the sprinklers, going, no, nah, don't close your eyes. You've got to keep them open. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was terrible, man. <laughs> it was good. I'm glad we did. You know, it was good. But, yeah, well, that was tough going. Oh, fuck But, um, yeah, he just had the vision for it. He had the ideas. And, you know, okay, nice. It's good to look back now and see my kids in the old house he used to live in. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was, I guess that 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 one was sort of a weirder time in my life. You know, everything was changing, and it wasn't sort of you know the party life or the excitement. Everything was slowing down. Yeah, that's right. So that was sort of you know the midlife crisis. You know, with bias life, man, what was the process going into that? You know, sort of following everything else. Like, was that sort of like looking back on your career? Like you said, you were feeling that midlife crisis thing. Yeah, you know, sort like- of. Yeah, I just wanted to make. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't really know at that time. I just I was I was driving. I, just, I wrote a lot of stuff under this bridge in Richmond. Yeah. Um, just near where my kids go to school now, so I just sit there in the car and write the stuff. And probably relationship stuff was getting weird at that time as yep. well. So yeah. And I know, it wasn't like as a happy or it wasn't a party time. It wasn't excitement. It was just sort of very reflective. Yeah, yeah. It was personal, man. It was a. Per- it seemed to be a personal. Yeah, release. it was. Probably- personal thing you know i was the younger dudes like fluent form and you know yes. alicor morns you know just yeah. a few people i thought i'd like to make a song with yeah you know dope mcs at the time and you know make something different with checkers uh yeah shawnee b made some beats on there Does got joy rock yeah. i like some yeah. people hate singing on beats i like singing on beats yeah, yeah i like chorus with some nice singing yeah pardon's done it all sorts of people have done it i don't mind it <laughs> some people just hate it like it just needs to be aggressive with cuts and that but I like seeing it. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing and it makes you feel good. Yeah. But you've so, also. Yeah. You, you've, Joyride's a real nice dude as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've shown a lot of sort of, you know, through your music, man, you can put music on and listen to the growth almost. It's like, you know, like, you know, you can hear where you've started and how things have progressed and almost, you know, you've put a lot of life into it and Bias Life continued that, you know, like, the, you know, that sort of that, man, you know, just that feeling, yeah. that vibe, that continuation, that growth of Bias B. Well, for me, it reminds me, I was saying an interview the other day, that mm. I remember walking, we got the video for Midlife and took it to Obese and Lindsay was working there at the time and she'd sent it off to uh, to Rage to play and it, was, it wasn't in the right format or some shit, but it was. And I was like, no, you have to give me another. I was like, you know what, I'm fucking, I'm sick of this shit. I was like, right, at that exact moment, I was, I've, I've just, I've just, I'm sick of all the bullshit. I'm sick of like the, the politics. I'm sick of like the business side. I'm just I'm just over it. I just right on that spot. I just gotta quit. Yeah. Like you're not serious. Like yeah. And that was the moment. I remember just standing there in the office, just like that's it. I'm done. Fuck. Went home. Like, Fuck. I'm not doing this shit anymore. I'm fucking done with it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it was that album. It was sort of just like ah, oh, just you know the build up and we're just yeah, I don't know. Same leaving radio, I guess maybe or probably you know word burner had started after that and leaving Triple R. So yeah. Well, the kids changed a lot, I guess, you know. it's not Exactly, done. man. Yeah. You can't stay up to two in the morning. You're still waking up at six. You're still yeah, waking bro. up at five, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've got to work all day long, you know. Yeah, dude. And fatherhood had an immense impact on you, didn't it? You know, obviously. It did. It, did. Oh, it was quite hard at first. I'm good with it now. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, even like doing the radio, having to drive so far and, you know, you're not going to go and have drinks with your mates now and, you know, it's just it's different. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad thing. It's just like it's different and you have to get used to it. You know, you I lived a very exciting life, you know, yep. years. It seemed like 10 years back in the day, the shit we used to get up to and, you know, yeah. every day was just you could write a book about every day almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so exciting. It's then for everything to slow down so much that – yeah, you know, it's sort of hard. You sort of you get depressed, and yeah, it's 
yeah, it's just hard on you. Like I'm sure everyone you know goes through their own you know moments, but you know you know you have yeah. those low times you come through, you get high times on the other side. You exactly. Just got to ride loads through and. There's always something better, you know. You just got to push through and make you a better person. Yeah, man. It's always peaks and valleys, isn't it? You know, but like sort of following bias life, man. You know, like is there anything more you want to touch on with bias life? You know, like the period around there. I know, like you know, you you were putting a lot of the younger acts on around that point in time. You know, like a lot of the younger acts that were coming through, like you mentioned, Morns and Fluid Form. I know you put me on tour with you. You know, I went and did a bunch of dates with you up here around Brisbane, and I think we went to Cool and Gatta. We went to a bunch of different places, but you were working yeah. with a lot of dudes. You, were, I mean, you just showed that growth. It was just that. That continual movement of bias B, you know, you never stop moving, bro. You know, like stillness, you know, stillness is stagnation almost, you know, and you just never appeared to stop moving. Constant releases, you know, being productive. But then, you know, was there anything more on that you know, on that era? You know, like just what you were seeing. Um, just yeah, it was just a different time. Just yeah. it's uh. The you know, the young dudes are coming through and also seeing them not get as much love as I thought they should get. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, record sales were slowing down, CDs were slowing down. Mm. It was all it was all changing at that time. Vinyl wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all became this digital and, you know, you don't make much money out of digital. It all changes. So you could see these people who weren't going to get the love they should get, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, even yeah. shows, there was less people at the shows. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> Yeah. Now, like pre hoods, everyone everyone went to every show. Yeah. But after that, you had a different crowd, and sure they got their own crowd, whatever. But yeah, it did it changed there? Yeah, it did, man. It did. And was that so part- they didn't get what we got? Yes. Yeah. 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 And was that in? Yes, I. Sorry. I came through a time that was, I guess I was lucky at my time. Like everyone was good. LC, Raisin Pack, whatever. Everyone were good rappers. Mm. And now. And there wasn't that then because there wasn't that many early. Everyone could get the love and share the love and yeah, you know dude. spread it whatever. But yeah, now yeah. like it's so saturated, it's hard to shine. Yeah, and it's hard to get the attention of people. You've come through a time. You've released a VHS cassette for fuck's sake, and you released a VHS cassette when people <laughs> played VHS cassettes. You know, like that's the thing. You come from yeah. a time where CDs sold. You know, vinyl got pressed, and you sold your wax. You know, and you've moved oh. into where now vinyl's a niche market. It's selling again, but everything's fucking digital, man. Like, did that put you off, or you know what was was that yeah, part just, of it? it did- I think the internet was a part of it as well. Yeah. Although it has its benefits, the internet, like you remember the old days of catch a train into a store to pick up a CD, to look at it all the way home, mm. trying to imagine how good it's going to be or listen yeah. to it in your walk when you have yeah. one, just yeah. when you burn a cassette or a record. Yeah. Just looking at it, the feel, the colours, the smell, just, you know, the and then to put it on and, you know, to digest it and yeah. just that, that feeling and that hunger, same yeah, with like, Graph, if you just wanted a bottle of ink and you've got to travel all these two bus routes and get here just to get try and rack this one bottle of ink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just wanted it and you dreamt yeah. about it the night before and it's all Fucking you a. thought about. Just, Fucking A. Oh. Yeah. Like kids don't get that these days. Following bias life, you you kind of took time off pretty much. Yeah. I was, I just That was it. That was quick. That was done. That was, that was retirement. That, what's that? That was pretty much retirement. You know, like that was sort of, you know, bidding everyone farewell and because you did, you, yeah, yeah, didn't you do was, that big, yeah. you, you did that big night at the corner hotel and stuff and. Yeah, final show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's a good one. I did do one since then. I did one for Matty B's birthday. Oh, word. So I went over to Perth and did some raps. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even Hunter Cup. That might have been before or after. I'm not sure. But yeah. I did. there was a couple of shows because people had done me some favours and I was doing some favours back and they're people I love anyway, so I do well, it. Well, dude, you just brought it up. I mean, your relationship with Hunter and fucking your involvement in the, in the Hunter Cup. You know, obviously we'll start trying to wrap it up. Like, I'll start trying to wrap it up now. But fuck, dude, like you've done so much, man. And I, you know, that kind of slipped my mind. Your relationship with Hunter and your involvement in organising that Hunter Cup. And for my, like, just for me personally, having been involved and you actually invited me, like I was on to be invited to be at it but mm -hmm. it was just the most amazing fucking one of the most amazing nights I've ever fucking witnessed man like it was just a collective of everyone I, I remember man standing in the crowd and Suffer walks up and puts his arm around me like seriously man I was just like word like this motherfucker knows me you know like Illy, Illy pops yeah. out of the crowd and goes Jake Bears like it wasn't even that man it was just the fucking the community that was in the room like fucking yeah, was everyone was in there man it was amazing it was amazing and then the then the football game you know like to just have seen that to you know it was incredible B you ought to be fucking thanked you was it Stewie that was involved Stewbacker yeah, Stewie, Deadly and Heater. Deadly and Heater, exactly, man. Uh, like, yeah. man, you yeah. you you did an amazing thing, an amazing thing for a, uh, an amazing human being too, Hunter. But you know, just tell us a bit about that, like your friendship with Hunter, and just sort of immortalizing him in a way with that with that well, event. Hunter, Hunter was just one of those dudes. He's just like real happy and just like just keen as about his rap. It didn't matter if you were the best rapper, the shittest rapper. You were yep. just you're into rap, and that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna support you, and I'm gonna help you, and yeah. You know, he was just keen as could be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was—he was always a dude I'd call. He was—he was because he, was, he lived in Perth and he's hours behind. Mm. I'm out partying every night too, pissed, walking home. Who am I going to call? I'm going to call Hunter. So yeah. I just ring up. Hey, fuck with what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we just—we diss each other for maybe five, ten minutes. Yeah. That's it. Hang up. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks later, the same thing. They were sort of, you know, we had a relationship with this funny jokey thing. And then, you know, he'd always come over. We'd see each other, whatever, you know, hang out. That was yeah. good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was real, yeah, when he, I remember he, I was in Hobart when he told me he got cancer. I thought he was just fucking around. It wasn't a very smart joke, but yeah. it was serious. But, yeah, it was just, you know, you always think he'll be all right, you know, he'll get over it, yeah. whatever. It just, you know, it just got worse and worse and it was pretty, uh, no, it was pretty sad to go through. I remember the last time I spoke to him was at DJ Decider's house in Brisbane. I couldn't understand a word he was saying there. Fuck, yeah. I just, like, wanted to cry and I just, like, I just didn't know what to – I was like, yeah, man, yeah, I just pretended I understood what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, so, yeah I mean, many – yeah, many, I knew, yeah, he was going to pass. He, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's in the hospice. He got really bad. Um, and – yeah, so we had a wake for him because it was over in WA and a bunch of people couldn't go. Yeah. No, so we'll organise a thing. Let's have a wake next to the MCG. Anyone who loved Hunter, let's just have some drinks and yeah. whatever. So there's a classic couple of classic photos from there, but we're having a kick to kick. And it was Briggs, I remember saying to me something about, you know, oh, we should have a game one day, you know, we'll put it together. And he's like, you're the dude to organise it, boys. You, you organise shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll have a think about, yeah, passing comment and then, you know, had a bit of a chat to Deadly and Stu and Heater and that. They're just like, yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. So, yeah, just put all that together. And, you know, one of my greatest feelings was when we're Glen Ferry Oval walking out and seeing you running their jumpers. That was like the moment oh. where I go, this is it. All yeah, these yeah, fucking yeah. work and all these phone calls and all this shit I didn't understand. And Yeah. yeah. So we're here now. We've made it happen. I've never organised a football game before, you know. It's a bit different to running a gig. Oh, Everything's fuck very yeah, different. dude. All the council concerns and all the legalities yeah. and whatever else. But it was even – as well. Yeah, and it was it was more than a fucking football game. You organised an event with that thing, dude. Like that was an event, bro. Like it was a weekend, you know. Like, yeah, it was fucking amazing, man. It was amazing. Yeah. It was 
Well, we did three, and we raised uh, 100 grand for uh, Make-A-Wish. Shit. Fucking congratulations, bro. Yeah, yeah, That's incredible. Yeah. We came about 600 short. Yeah, yeah. So we call it 100 grand. Who's counting, you know? Yeah, fucking A, dude. Jesus, <laughs> that's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, but, but even through that, like, you know, those people who were, like, you know, overweight, who got real fit, and now yeah. they're super healthy, dudes who were smoking, you know, durries, dudes that were on some gear, who knows that they're on. Yeah. They'll come down, can I train? Yeah, 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 They yeah. would just get themselves fixed up, you know. They were just, everyone was, and the unity, like dudes who had beef and hadn't spoken in years were just like, you know, shaking hands and like, you know, fuck the beef, whatever, we're here yeah. for Hunter. It's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. No, it was amazing, man. I remember, like like <laughs> I was talking earlier about the first time I came to Melbourne and we hung out at Obese, I was down there with Ken Oath for Culture Kings 2. That's the only time I ever felt something like that. Like, you know, where it was just like all these people. I remember there was a barbecue following the gig or something like that. Like, man, I'm, my memories are hazy, but, you know, it was something. But the fucking Hunter Cup, dude, like, yeah, you to be commended. You know, everyone involved is to be commended on what they did with that shit, man. It's just, yeah, it was, it, it was more than a show. It was more than a football game. It was a fucking event. Like, it was something else, yeah. man. Well, it was like a movement. I remember one point thinking, you know, looking at the jumpers and that, you know, dudes yeah. going, oh, I'm down with Kings and we're sort of creating a – yeah, a new movement, yeah, a different yeah, merch yeah. and yeah. new logos. Yeah. But it sort of got to a point where people were getting injured and it was a lot of work to, to you know, make happen every year. That's right. It was just like, all right, three, that's good. We'll go to Perth. Yeah. I'm thinking, we'll go there. They'll win the game. Everything ends beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> but, nah, they almost won it <laughs> in the end. And then I feel bad about it. And everyone's like, well, we didn't fly there to lose, did we? Yeah, 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 so yeah. Yeah. The king. Uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing legacy to be a part of too, man. You know, congrats, congratulations for that. And, you know, <clears throat> how has retirement from this hip-hop life treated you, mate? I mean, you haven't you haven't really stayed away from it, have you? No, of... well, with the – I'm always like, you know, I speak to Bigfoot all the time and checkers, you know, we just – you got mate, the same as Decide, you know, yeah. like, but everyone really, Lazy Lenny. Yeah. Not even talking about music. We just, yeah. you know, hello or whatever, you know, whatever's going on. Yeah, it's more uh, But the, the second Hunter Cup, I met my wife that day. Ah. I didn't marry at the time, but that was, uh, you know, a few years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, got a, a new relationship, moved to a different area and uh, started getting more adjusted to the whole having kids and dealing yep. with it properly, you know. Yep. Or, you know, at first it was quite stressful. I didn't take it, I guess, that well. And trying to connect with it all. Mm. Yeah, very different now, you know, if I can yeah. you know, love them so much. Um yeah, did some you know, house renovations and just been like living life. I've been making beats the whole time, so that's yeah, why I'm yeah. still connected. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. like complete over in Perth. He's got his album coming out next month, I think, or the end of this month. So I've got the title track. I'll produce Sick. that one. For you. Sick. And I put one on back burners, one of the new beats I made. Yep. Uh, but I haven't really put them out to anyone, but that's sort of what I uh, – What's keeping me going and just, I mean, every time someone comes here anyway, they send me a message, can you catch up, can you have a drink? Exactly. If I've got the kids, I can, I can't, but yeah, I'm yeah. always I'm always sucked into it somehow, you know. Yeah, oh, fucking ends. A, dude. Fucking A, fucking A. And what would the, like, and I love that it is that way because the, the main thing about it, it's not the music, it's not anything, it's the friends and the experiences yeah. that I, I've lived that make it what it is and I'll always be thankful for. And yeah, everyone that, man. Gave me those experiences. Yeah, 100%. On that note, dude, it's been an absolute fucking honour having you buy Beers Beats in the Biz, man, and, like, you're one of the people that, I don't know, you're one of the reasons we fucking do this. Dude, thank you for fucking everything and thank you for your time. Thank you for the music, you know? Thank you for having me and thanks everyone else who supported my shit and got inspired by what I did and, you yeah. know, realised they can do it too. Just Yeah.
Keep Guys moving. Just doing me and just go and do you, you know? Yeah, brother. Keep moving. <laughs> Always move. Move on the pavement. Nah, thank you very much, B. Word him up. Yeah, man. And that was Bias B, man. That was a fucking... Um, man, that, that shit was a classic in my books. I don't know, man. That shit was fucking... There was everything in there. Fuck, man. Like, fuck. The formula shit. Fucking Boney and Stoney. All the way up to Backburners, man. Just like the little stories in and around everything. The lung collapse and, you know, Hunter's legacy. The Robert Hunter Cup, man. All that sort of shit. Like, fucking, man, B, Bias, he's been about this life. And, you know, we thank him for it. And thanks to you, man. Hit us on our social media, at Beers, Beats and the Beers. Uh, hit us at Gmail if you're fucking with this podcast. Man, get onto the tease. The pre-orders are live once again. And this is episode eight. This is week eight. That was Bias B. And you're tuned in to Beers, Beats, and the Beers. And we'll be back at it again. 